106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Madam Speaker, I want to begin this evening by thanking my Democrat colleagues for their outstanding work in encouraging millions of Americans to celebrate their Second Amendment rights by purchasing their first, second, or even 100th firearm. From the left's riots in cities across America to Biden's threats to strip away our basic constitutional rights, Democrats are single-handedly responsible for the sale of tens of millions of firearms. Bravo. Well done. And I hear that the interest has begun to peak when it comes to the sale of F-15s. Now, I have some questions for these freedom haters. When are you going to call on the chief executive, the basement dweller, to hold his own son accountable for his gun crimes. Hunter Biden lied on a federal firearms application, which is punishable by up to 10 years and a $250,000 fine, of which 10% will not be going to the big guy. Rules for thee, but not for my crackhead, Parmesan-smoking gun criminal son. I love that we start each meeting with the Pledge of Allegiance, where we all agree that we are one nation, one people, indivisible. Imagine my disappointment when I read this material from a mandatory DEI teacher training that states that America, uh, quote, America is a racist country built on racist ideas. It goes on to say, and I quote, privileged white people oppress people of color, and heterosexual people suppress gay people. This training went on to encourage teachers to, quote, use your voice and educate and share the truth about racism with others and help organize or attend protests. This hateful, divisive material teaches teachers to hate America and ultimately break every person down into privileged and the oppressed. This is the exact definition of critical race theory. CRT is not a noun as we've been using it, it's a verb. CRT is the action of a Marxist movement that teaches people to hate America and it segregates people into privileged and oppressed. It sounds a lot like this training. Blue Valley chooses to call this training DE&I. So you can tell the public and the state Board of Education that you don't teach CRT. You can call this whatever you want, the material is CRT. Here's my biggest concern. In the, late, in the last board meeting, you mentioned having DE&I committees at each school. What oversight do these committees have? What are you doing to ensure this material is not being taught to our children? Recently, one of you up there was quoted, Blue Valley is going to insert DE&I into everything we do, and we will rewrite curriculum to insert DE&I. If this is a material being taught as DE&I, it needs to be stopped immediately, and parents need assurances that this hateful, divisive material will not be built into our curriculum. Thank you, Jim. Uh, the leader and Jim are exactly right. This has always been about politics, uh, and the, today's actions of the speaker just confirm that. But frankly, uh, and I've said this before, what else are they going to talk about? I mean, they've been they're so focused on the January 6th committee. What else are they going to talk? Are they going to talk about crime? The fact that crime is up in every major urban area in this country? They're going to, they're going to talk about the border crisis? I mean, think about this. March was the highest month on record for illegal crossings until April. April was the highest month on record until May. May was the highest month on record until June. Can't talk about that. 
They're gonna talk about inflation. They're gonna talk about the fact that the price of eggs is up, the price of milk is up, the price of bread is up, the price of gas is up, the price of an airline ticket is up, the price of a use, the price of everything is up. They can't talk about that. So they're gonna be partisan and they're gonna focus on this. But as the leader said, and as Mr. Banks said, I don't think they're gonna address the fundamental question. The fundamental question of why wasn't there a proper, uh, proper security presence at the Capitol that day? They're not gonna address that. And only one person can answer that question. Only one. Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. My hunch is, my hunch is the reason they don't wanna address that question, my hunch is, is because what happened all last year? The Democrats normalized anarchy. They normalized rioting and looting. And when rioters and looters attacked our law enforcement personnel, when rioters and looters destroyed small businesses, what did Democrats do? They went out and raised money to bail them out of jail, and they continued to talk about defunding the police, and in fact did that in all these major urban areas, which is why crime is up. So they don't want to talk about that stuff. They just want to be partisan. They just want to continue to attack the former president. They want to play their political game. So I applaud Leader McCarthy for saying, we're going to do our job. We're going to continue to work and get to the bottom and answer the questions that the leader raised, the questions that, frankly, the American people want answers to. Good evening, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode number 121, to appear on 7-24-2021. Thank you for listening. It is a hot evening in Northern California, where I'm sitting tonight. I'm up here in Yuba County, and that's in uh, north of Sacramento. Not sure where you're listening from, but uh, that's where we're beginning this, this talk. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for finding us, or thank you for listening regularly. Uh, you can get our information at our website, nohostagesradio.com, where there's articles and past episodes, although you know through your local or your uh, familiar podcast source, you can pick us up through iTunes and all those other kinds of uh, sources that are out there. Uh, you can also get this podcast at uh, on Facebook page called Live with Lou, and I also post some articles over there. So there's a variety of ways you can connect. If you want to email me, you can at Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com, Lou at nohostagesradio.com, and that's L-O-U spelling. Uh, you can also uh, text me or dial me up at 530 713 one eight three eight. That's five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. So uh, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, I want to begin by uh, giving you some information, and uh, I want to talk to you about it. It well, let me just say that I'm not sure where uh, obviously you're located, but we have people located around. Uh, the United States listening to the podcast. Uh, but I'm here in California, so I know what's going on uh, with policies regarding shots, inoculations, 
masks, all that kind of stuff. And there's generally a lot of chaos in California, so I'm just going to speak to that. But the shoe may fit where you live. So, uh, but there is some chaos here. There's no mask mandate national or a statewide. Uh, I just flew on a Southwest flight where they stated it was a state law, which it is not. It, you know, here big corporations are stating all kinds of things that are not. And there never has been a state law to wear a mask. There has been suggestions, mandates, but they don't have any power of law. Um, and so now we have, I just heard where the local school district here in Marysville, Marysville Joint Unified School District, and some others may be saying that you have to wear a mask, even though the state is not mandating that. So, uh, you know, people, this all comes down to you. You've been, you've been uh, dumbed down for many decades now. Uh, you may know how to do a trade like mechanics or carpentry or painting or whatever, but you've been dumbed down with your rights, your, your constitutional rights, the Bill of Rights, uh, and you are wimps when it comes to standing up for your own rights. Now, when it comes to making a living, you're probably pretty strong, pretty confident, but when it comes to standing up for your own rights and confronting an administrator uh, at the... Uh, your your child's school, your high school, your grammar school, whatever, uh, you don't have the beef or confronting your, your local uh, city council person or your supervisor. You just don't have the beef to stand up. And many times they are bluffing and they are saying stuff that aren't true. You know, uh, let's just call them what they are. They're liars. And they're trying to misinform you. They actually live and survive on misinformation and betrayal. And while, while they keep you busy looking one way, they're doing something other devious another way. Um, so uh, there's all kinds of talk of going door-to-door. -door. We have the President of the United States talking about going door-to-door -door and vaccinating people. We have a van that's supposedly running around Yuba County called the Curity Van. Um, we have... Uh, other groups that are talking about going door to door and forcing people to be vaccinated. We, the, one of the most interesting things to me <clears throat> is without the government saying that we have a lot of businesses that have sold out to the government that are either saying you have to be vaccinated or you cannot work here, or like some health places are actually paying their employees to go take a vaccine. It's so fascinating to me that somebody would take $150 from Peachtree Clinic to put a poison in their body that's going to screw them up for the rest of their life. But they're so dumb, uh, they're so numb intellectually that, uh, you know, back in the 70s when there were all kinds of psychedelics coming out, the 60s and the 70s and parents who were conservative and drank alcohol uh, to get a buzz on, they totally freaked out, of course, and said, why would you put something in your body that can destroy it forever, alter your body and your mind forever? It was a good point. And that was the, uh, the, the ar point or argument uh, to dissuade people from doing something that would damage them for the rest of their life just to get a buzz. And the shot doesn't even give you a buzz, but now uh, it's estimated that over 50,000 people in the United States of America have been um, 
have been uh, killed by the shot, have died by the shot. And uh, in the previous 10 years, uh, the number that had been uh, that had died by some sort of a flu vaccine or something is actually in the hundreds. We have a major problem with this. This is not a vaccine against the virus. It's putting nanoparticles in your system. And I'll talk more about that later. But it does not stop you from getting the virus, giving the virus away. Um, You it's a fraud. It is not a vaccine at all. It's being called a vaccine. It's really an, an inoculation is what it is. So what I want you to do is I'm going to, you might want to pick up something to write with and jot some notes here. I'm going to give you some information that will help you. And the first one is, uh, there's, there's a website called thehealthyamerican.org. All one word, thehealthyamerican, common spelling, dot org. That's Peggy Hall's uh, website. It's very, very, very good. It's loaded with great material, a lot of how-tos, a lot of videos. There are actually seminars on there that she actually charges for some of the seminars. Listen, what she's doing is very expensive. I've donated money to her. Uh, She is very bright. She's a 30-year retired educator at the collegiate level. Uh, She's a research genius. And so she has, uh, she's, I'm, I'm on her email. It doesn't cost you anything to sign up for her emails. So she sent out this email and she says, how to stay no, how to say no to the needle, my gift to you. So then when you open the email, it says how to say no to the needle, my gift to you. People are scrambling at their jobs and schools, trying to avoid this unlawfully forced medical treatment. You know, that's what it is, right? Your boss is telling you to go get a medical treatment. She says in capital letters, you do not have to consent and you do not have to wear a mask or get tested if you don't get the shot. So you might say, oh, well, I'm just going to get the shot. So then I will never have to be tested. I will never have to wear a mask. That is not true. On the Southwest airline I just flew on, every single person, I'm sure many people were had taken the shot, had every, every single person on there was wearing a mask, and they reminded everyone to pull the mask up over their noses. So I'm going to give you some instructions here. They're very simple instructions. So I gave you the website, um, thehealthyamerican.org. You go, to, you go to that, and you go to the home page of the website, and you download or you can print off the free report. And she said, I also want you to watch my new video with all the details, right? So print off the report. That's going to educate you. Now, she's just not giving her opinion. She's giving you the law of the land. Now, again, she's in California. But, of course, if she, uh, if she quotes federal law, you're good to go. But uh, when she, if she quotes, she's in California in Orange County, so if she quotes California law, you can probably find a similar law in your uh, state's codes. And then she says, and please share this information with everyone you know. Peggy Hall is just one person, and so she can't go and do all your individual research for you. Everybody's got to do some research. So then there's a little banner here, like a little billboard says, how to say no to the needle, free download 
tells the website 25 things you need to know about your rights and getting exemptions. So some people have been calling me and wanting me to find them a doctor to sign an exemption. And a lot of doctors are afraid to sign because if they, that their name gets tracked down by the medical association, they'll get in trouble by, you know, everybody's got their hooks and everybody else, right? So uh, 25 things you need to know about your rights and getting exemptions. Now, there's a couple different types of exemptions. There's a medical exemption. And then there's also a religious exemption. So uh, let me just go down here and see what else she has to say. I'm looking right. I'm looking at this email. So it talks about religious exemption requests. There will be a major change. Sounds like there's going to be some legal changes to how we are handling the religious exemption requests, along with a substantial fee increase. Her husband is a pastor. Peggy Hall's husband's a pastor, so they could help with the religious exemption. Along with a substantial fee increase due to the amount of time, effort, and resources we will be providing. In other words, the government is making it more difficult to file the proper paperwork, uh, produce the proper paperwork to get the exemption. So she said starting Monday, July 26th, that's coming up this coming Monday, the religious exemptions will be handled differently with more individualized help and consulting included, especially regarding handling potential appeals. You will get access to Peggy for private group consulting calls to get your questions answered. If you have already purchased your packet from us, but your request is being delayed or you need to make an appeal, we'll let you know about the option to join us in the private consulting calls. Okay, so... Uh, this is a great help to you. Now, uh, let me piggyback on this. Uh, let me get it over to my other page. This I was reading right off her email, but let me get over to the other page. And so in a clip I think I have recorded in here today, um, there is a, a an interview or a talk about a one- to two-minute talk and the fellow who is the with the 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 const, talking about the constitution he refers to pay to chris ann hall so i'm not making a typo there's two halls here i started talking about peggy hall now i'm switching to chris ann hall both are fantastic women do entirely different things chris ann hall uh, i'm going to give you her website it's k r i s a n n e hall all one word k-r-i-s a-double-n-e hall all one word dot com now chris ann hall is a trained attorney uh she was a prosecutor for the state of florida a state prosecutor uh she was uh threatened with firing unless she stopped teaching the constitution on her spare time she thought that's an infringement of my rights so she quit and now she's been teaching the constitution for many years that's what she does so she travels around the world, around the United States teaching everyone from children to sheriffs, deputies, and police officers uh, about the Constitution and the general public. So the, the reason I bring up Chris Ann Hall's name is the gentleman that, that did the video that I played on a clip here on my show. Uh, he refers to her and says, you can get no trespassing signs and a document to present to government uh, employees that show up on your property. So it's very simple. And uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to go right over. I'm going to just pull it up here and I'm going to show you uh, very simply how to do this. 
So you go in, into your browser and you just go Chris A N N E H A L L dot com and hit enter. And up comes Chris Ann Hall. And it's a wonderful website. You can like study the Constitution online. You can hook up to her Facebook pages. She will send out emails. But one of the things she's done here recently, if you scroll down, first of all, there'll be banners across big strips of information across the top, then down the middle, Sovereign Day Recommendation, Sovereign Duty Recommendation in Defense of Liberty. Uh, Then you keep going on down, and there's some daily journal videos. And then you get down to the latest articles. And it's a it's just a horizontal one, two, three, four items here. And so um, there's a, an item that says no trespassing. And uh, so she said you can download your no trespassing sign right here. So you can save it and then you can print it off at your convenience. Um, you could even enlarge it and, and do it at a print shop, but you could do it off your computer and you could post that right on your front door. And uh, and then it says private property, no trespassing, violators will be prosecuted. So in, in the code, in generally in the codes around the United States, you have to post your property if you're going to be picky about who comes on your property. <coughs> so then uh, right next to download your sign here, there is a, a, a red sign that says private property. Well, on that on that spot underneath, it says your power to trespass even government agents. What that's really saying, it's an odd way of saying it, but what that is is you're going to be able to print off two documents. One's going to be explaining the law, and then another is going to be where you write in the name of the person that that you're facing, uh, that you're going to put their name, like, say, Lou Benninger, I come to your door and I'm a government official and I want to talk to you and try to convince you to vaccinate. You, You can say, I want your name. I want to see your ID, and then you can write it right in the, the document, and you can just hand it to them and just say, I'm, I'm serving you right now. You trespassed on my property. I'm telling you to go, or I'm going to have you arrested. Very effective. This is written by Chris Ann Hall. Uh, she is a constitutional attorney. She knows what she's doing. Now, we're, we're also, you can get these. Uh, you If you call out at Church of Glad Tidings, if you're local, you besutter and say you don't, you don't have a computer, and uh, you don't have a printer, and you want to get a copy, you can get them from Church of Glad Tidings in Sutter County or Yuba City, and the number over there is 530-671-3160, 530-671-3160, and uh, Courtney Ortega, Courtney Ortega is a lady that has these, uh, and maybe she'll put them up with the secretaries as well. But she is the she right now. She's sending them out over the phone, even uh, texting them out. And she could probably just text you the copies if you uh, could take a text, or you could stop in there and pick up a hard copy. So uh, get get some copies, and then you can run your own. You can go to a print shop, and you can share them with your neighbors. Listen, this is a situation where we can't do uh, the work for you. We have to we have to uh, we're going to have to address this house by house. We need to win this block by block. We need to win this county by county. We need to win this city by city and we need to confront people. 
Now, I've just been reading. I've been very fascinated with the Nuremberg trials for months now. So I've been reading on the Nuremberg trials and I've been reading uh, about all the different doctors that were tried and convicted or tried and uh, found not guilty. And some of them were hanged. Some of the doctors were hanged. Some of them uh, got got life imprisonment. Some of them got life imprisonment. And then on appeal, got a, a shorter version, like 20 years, 15 years. Um, but many w- were hanged. Uh, there, were pro- there were also judges that were hanged. Uh, and there were prosecutors that were hanged that abused people's lives. And the reason I bring that up is I've been talking about for months that there has the what's going on with these PCR tests, with forcing people to stay in their homes, with uh, forcing people to social distance, with forcing people to wear children to wear masks at school. Those are crimes against humanity. And I want you to begin journalizing, writing down the names of people, the principal to your school, the teacher of your school, the social worker that insists that they come to your door and want to give you a shot. Get the names and write them down. I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but I'm hoping that when we are victorious, we'll be able to prosecute these people for crimes against humanity. So whether it's a CPS worker, whether it's a, uh, a police officer, that's trying to force this, whether it's a county health officer, uh, whether it's your, again, your school system, the school systems are the most ridiculous. Take the names of the people that you meet and who they are. In other words, this is the superintendent of my school. This is the principal of my school. This is this, this is that. All right. I'm going to take a break. If I didn't tell you already, which I didn't, uh, this is the first of, uh, six segments we completed. So we'll be right back. I don't mind you coming here I'm wasting all my time Cause when you're standing out so near I cry to lose my mind It's not the perfume I do have It's not the ribbons in your hair and If you have already voluntarily submitted your body to the human experiment that Joe Biden is peddling as a vaccine I pray and sincerely hope that it goes well for you. I'm at a loss to understand why you traded the known 99% recovery rate for all the unknowns of an experimental procedure, but that is your choice. And that's the point, isn't it? It's your personal, constitutionally protected choice. Last week, Biden announced that he's sending strike forces to enter communities with low vaccination rates to knock on doors and pressure people to get vaccinated. His press secretary said these federal agents care deeply about you. Please consider, would you send strike forces to strike and to force people you care deeply about? Despite a dismal record of deaths and complications from the shot and massive credibility issues, these people seem to think that if they keep repeating the mantra safe and effective long enough, you're going to come to believe it. But if you're finding it hard to believe, here's a suggestion. On her website, chrisannhall.com, my friend and fellow attorney offers a free trespass warning form that you can print and hand to any uninvited government agent who shows up on your property. If you are one of the millions of Americans who desire to make your own choices about your health, I strongly suggest that you visit chrisannhall.com and learn how to safely and effectively say no to door-to-door tyranny. This is Michael Anthony Peruca for Institute on the Constitution bringing you the things that they thought were going to help 
did not help, and in many cases, made things much worse. Thomas Sowell is a very private person. Despite having so much of his work put before the public, he's reluctant to give interviews and has been known to make journalists wait years before sitting down to talk about his life and work. But a colleague of mine took the time to get Tom to appear on his show. I'm Dave Rubin. I'm the host of The Rubin Report. Sets right back behind me here in my home. Uh, I do a long-form interview show. Everybody was saying, you've got to talk to Thomas Hall. You've got to talk to Thomas Hall. And it, we tried for about three or four years to, to hunt him down. And uh, finally, we were able to interview him. One of the things that I found out that was sort of amazing about your history, you, you briefly mentioned it right before we started, you were a Marxist at one time in your life. Most people will find this hard to believe, but it is true. But it's not that unusual. Uh, most of the, the leading conservative thinkers of our time, time uh, did not start off as conservative. You had a couple like uh, Bill Buckley and uh, George Will. But I mean, Milton Friedman was a liberal and a Keynesian. Ronald Reagan was so far left, at one point the FBI was following him. Do you remember sort of what you were thinking, what appealed to you at that time about Marxism? Yes, I mean, there was no alternative being discussed. I treated my interview with him as Thomas Sowell 101. I wanted it to be for the new generation of young people who watch YouTube, who listen to podcasts. My first job was as a Western Union messenger. So I would take the Fifth Avenue bus. It would go all the way up Fifth Avenue past all these Lord and Taylor and all these fancy places. And then I would cross 57th Street down Riverside Drive. And then as I came across this long viaduct that turned into 135th Street, suddenly there were the tenements. And I wondered, why is this? It's so different. And nothing in the schools or most of the books uh, seemed to deal with that. And Marx dealt with that. There's an absolutely beautiful moment where I ask him about his own political evolution. So then what was your wake-up to what was wrong with that line of thinking? Uh, facts. <laughs> I love that moment. I mean, I knew the second he did it, I was like, we got our clip. That, that's as good as it gets. And it gets to what does this man care about most? Does he care about how he feels about things, how he wants the world to be, or how is the world as it is? Because that's what he's saying. I care about facts. The world is a certain way, and now, using that as the baseline, we can try to figure out how to make things better. a couple clips there, but um, I needed to take a text and respond to it. So I was talking about Chris Ann Hall, chrisannhall.com. So you, you download your, your no trespassing, violators will be prosecuted. Then you download, if you can, and print off. They're just two simple pages. One is just information, explains your rights to you. One is you're notifying the person, it doesn't matter what government department they're from, you're notifying them that they are on your private property without your permission 
and you're you're giving them public notice. You get their name. You write their name in this one line. Very simple. So, or if you're not able to get that document, just call Church of Glad Tidings in Sutter County, 530-671-3160, Tuesday through Friday, 8 to 4, and uh, leave a message for Courtney Ortega, and she will she will assist you. She works with the Freedom Coalition that operates out of that uh, deal. So, listen, we need to take this. Uh, you're going to have to win back your school or pull your kids out. Now, there's people in the Yuba Center area. There, there's a number of people looking at starting. I just heard a Catholic high school uh, probably within the next year. I know that's not soon enough, but... Uh, Catholic high school, another uh, another high school, which will be wonderful. Uh, then there's people that I'm in touch with that want to start a, a K through 10. Uh, you might think, oh, you got the number wrong. It should be K through 12. No, the people I'm working with, they believe they can completely educate a person through the 10th grade with a 12th grade education because of the time wasted in the public school system. <clears throat> so they're working on a place to get a site for that school to uh, reside in. So there's there's people moving, uh, people uh, that want to work out a solution on the school system situation because um, the people I'm talking to are are top notch people in the public education system said that the basically Lou that the public system is lost, and and in, that includes your colleges, your your state colleges. If it's a private college, it's a Christian college, or does not put up with all the nonsense, the liberalism. Uh, there are some around. I can talk about them sometime. But but the the community college, the junior college, like out here in in uh, California, we have the junior college system, the state college system, and then we have the university college system. University system, they are all polluted, big time polluted. Uh, America's terrible. Um, Fifty different genders. Uh, you know, you if you're a white person, you're a racist. All that nonsense. Uh, you might, you know, if you're a boy, little boy, you might be a girl, vice versa, da da da, all that stuff. The people I'm talking to know what's going on on the inside, critical racer, all that stuff. So many people are pulling their kids out. So if you need help, uh, there's Arrow Education. They're not running a school. What they're running is a as a, uh, sup- a large support group for parents educating their own kids. And so Arrow Education, you can get a hold of Jessica on Saga or just Jessica with Arrow Education. Same number, Church of Glad Tidings, 530-671-3160. Just say, hey, I need to get in touch with Arrow Education, and uh, you can you can connect there. So also out there, since I'm talking about Jessica on Saga, she also runs a children's program every Wednesday if you want your child, if you'd like. You know how we used to send our kids to camp? The camp situation is kind of screwed up still because of COVID. But out there at Glad Tidings at 1179 Eager Road, they're running a weekly free uh, half-day camp for kids from 9 in the morning till I think, 1230. And uh, they feed them, water them, do the whole thing, exercise, fun, uh, education, great times. So uh, that's called the Roar, Roar, R-O-A-R, Camp. And so you could also check on that. Again, there's no charge, and I think it's a kindergarten through the fifth grade or something like that. But you can get the details from them. But but if you're thinking about pulling your kids out of school, I would recommend it highly. 
uh, or if you're going to put them in, I know there's a, some Christian schools in the area. There's a Catholic Christian school, St. Isidore's. There's, I think there's some Seventh-day Adventist school. There's Faith Christian. There's, there's a number of schools. So, uh, or just homeschool. And there's a lot of support. It's a lot different than when we started this homeschool thing back in the 1970s and 1980s. And now we have the Internet. We have lots of great resources on the Internet. We have some of the top teachers in the world teaching on the Internet on all the critical subjects that you want your child to learn about, whether they love science or they're, they're struggling with math, tutors, all that kind of stuff you can get. So Arrow, that's Arrow Education out, out at uh, Church of God Tidings in, in Yuba City. But uh, anyway, uh, they're also having parent workshops and you can check on those. So it's just uh, it's just not oh talking to somebody over the phone. They're actually bringing in people and having par- parent uh, workshops. So okay, so those are the things I wanted to get out of the way, and not so much out of the way, but I they're very important. So I wanted to put them right at the front, so uh, we could discuss we could discuss this right away. So the other thing that is really important. It's, it's way important, and I don't feel a lot of urgency, and I'm concerned about it. We spent a, a, almost a year from from uh, June 10th of, of last year to uh, March 17th of this year getting signatures to uh, ask the state to put a recall uh, election together for Gavin Newsom and recall the governor, Gavin Newsom. And we were successful uh, – and getting enough signatures statewide to do that. But that some people are mistaken. They get confused. They think, oh, well, he's already recalled because they don't pay attention. But that just gives the, the public the opportunity to all vote. Everybody gets to vote now. Even people that didn't want him recalled, everybody gets to vote. And, uh, you know, the people that signed the recall wanted him recalled. But not everybody does. So still the question is, uh, what does a majority of people, 50% plus one, want uh, with the governor? And so the, the recall election has been set for September 14th. And that's the only thing on the ballot, my understanding is, uh, is, is one question will be recall Gavin Newsom, yes or no. And then there'll be a second question for everybody, including those that uh, say no. Uh, there's still a question there. Uh if he happens to be recalled, who would you prefer to have in his place, even if it's not your choice? In other words, you don't get your pick. So, I mean, there could be a lot of people. In fact, the polls right now, but I'm, I'm very nervous or I'm, it's not nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm suspicious of polls <clears throat> because they put out polls and they say he's uh, the polls say he's going to win reelection or win his recall election. That may or may not happen, but my point is that you get to vote yes or no on the recall on one on the ballot, and then go right down farther down the ballot. And right now, I think there's somewhere between forty and fifty candidates that are wanting to replace him should he be recalled. So different. So on the 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 forty or fifty candidates, the one who gets the most votes, just the most, it doesn't have to be half or a majority. A majority, just the most votes, uh, will finish out Gavin Newsom's term. So uh, so here's what I would like you to do. First of all, please go register to vote. If you're not registered or you moved or you don't know whether you're registered correctly or whatever, whatever, 
Just register. The second thing is vote. This, the third thing is get your friends to register and vote or to vote. The, the fourth thing is please go to Recall Gavin 2020, the numbers, 2020-2020, Recall Gavin 2020. We have that in there because that's when the recall started. Dot com, Recall Gavin 2020.com, and uh, donate some money. There's probably a, a very easy, I think there's an easy button right on the front page, and it'll take you to how you, how you want to do it through PayPal or you want to uh, just swipe your card or give the card number or whatever. And, and just even if it's $5, $10, $20, great. If enough of, a, enough of us do it, uh, it will have a huge impact on the election. You can't run an election, even if people are upset at Gavin Newsom, without money. And he is getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm talking about one organization will give him $250,000, $500,000 to keep him in power because he's helping certain big corporations and liberal uh, groups to stay in power in California and ruin the country. So we're going to need millions of small donations, if that's what people have, or a big donation, whatever. And so go to Recall Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, 2020.com and please give some money. And there are other groups asking for money to work against Gavin. Please give it to this group and this group only. Recall Gavin 2020.com. There's other groups, as I say, but they fund big organizations that all the money does not go to this. <clears throat> and they're California organizations. But this group is the one that started and is finishing the recall. And that's all they're doing is this recall. So and do not give to the Republican Party of California. Never give another dime to those crooks. Uh, they are not true Republicans. They are rhinos. They're imposters. And so uh, please, please connect. Uh, please connect. Uh, recall Gavin 2020. Please listen. If you wondered how we got here, we got here living life the way you've been living it, right? If you continue living life in the United States and in California the way you've been living it, we're going to end up with the same result. We have to change the way we're living our life. You think, oh, I hate to go to supervisor meetings. Oh, I hate to go to school. I hate to go to school board meetings. I hate to go to city council meetings. Hate it or not. You're either going to see this country taken over by communists or you're going to stand in there and say, no, we're not. And we're going to stand up against them. And you're going to fight for your kids. You're going to fight for your property. You're going to fight for your future. You're going to fight for the right for your rights. You're not getting them for free anymore. You're not taking a hall pass uh, to apathy. You don't get a hall pass to apathy now. Uh, that's just the way it is. So you better stand up and do something. Vote, spend some money. You know, it's fascinating to me. People won't send $20 and $40 to recall Gavin, but if he raises the DMV fees, you'll go right over there and pay the increases, increased DMV fees. You'll pay the increased taxes, right? But you won't pay to defeat the guy that's going to raise your taxes. That's how it works. I had people here when I was trying to fight Cal Water with some friends of mine. And we tried to get people to donate to support the signage, put signs out and do this and that. Nobody wanted to support it, but they're paying like five times as much for drinking water as, as they were in the next town over. But they'd rather do that and whine about that 
then give $20 or $30 or $40 or $50 or $100 to help the, to stop the, the uh, raising of the, of the rates or throwing Cal Water, which is one of the highest rates in, in California, throw them out of here. It's funny how people are. Just, it's just very odd. Uh, and it's very discouraging when you're running a campaign. So, okay, so let me see. I think that's the main things I wanted to get off my chest, as they say. And uh, so, okay. I want to read this. I read it a, a week or so ago. And uh, I, I just think it says a lot uh, of what people are thinking. A lot of times people say to me, because I write articles and I'm talking on the radio, and they say, Lou, we like you because... I mean, not everybody likes me. I'm not suggesting that. But those that do, they say, you're saying what we believe. And so it's encouraging because all we hear is what we don't believe. And so the question is, what is privilege? Because we're hearing all this about white privilege. That somehow I, was, I, I got to where I got because of the color of my skin or I just had it easier in life. So this question is asked, what is privilege? And it says privilege is wearing $200 sneakers when you never had a job. Privilege is wearing $300 Beats headphones while living on public assistance. Privilege is having a smartphone with a data plan which you receive no bill for. Remember the Obama phone. Privilege is living in public subsidized housing where you don't have a water bill, where rising property taxes and rents and energy costs have absolutely no effect on the amount of food you can put on your table. Privilege is the ability to go march against and protest against anything that triggers you without worrying about calling out or calling in uh, for being out of work and the consequences that accompany such behavior. Privilege is having as many children as you desire, regardless of your employment status, and be able to send them off to daycare and school that you don't pay for. A little different way to look at look at uh, courage or uh, look at uh, privilege. I also wanted to uh, pass along this from Candace Owens. She says, can anybody point me to that one time in history where the side that was demanding censorship, segregation, propaganda, radical education, papers to move freely in society, plus government forces going door to door to demand compliance were the good guys? Can you name a time in history where when the Nazis were in power, the communists were in power, whatever, they, those were the good guys? A lot of people voted for Democrats, and that's what they're doing to us. They're coming door to door, right? Dan Crenshaw, he's well-known from Texas. He's the, the former military uh, hero who has the patch over one eye in Congress. He says, imagine a 50 Republican state representatives skipped work drank beer on a private jet while ignoring federal mask mandates held a press conference to spread flagrant lies that have been debunked and then infected the speaker's office in white house with covid just imagine so i don't know whether you noticed there was some there was some voting that was going to go on in the um, texas state house and instead of vote on it or filibuster it these uh, the democrats just jumped on a charter jet and headed out uh, uh, to abdicate uh, their mission, which is they were voted on to go to the state house 
to make decisions on behalf of their constituents. Instead, there's this uh, photo I saw come through on social media from the, the, the end of the, like the cockpit of the plane, back so everybody's facing you, and all these beaming, smiling, happy Democrats. Uh, no one was wearing a mask on the entire plane, I thought was fascinating. And they were all just all having the time of their life. So Crenshaw just saying if 50 GOP state represents or Republican state reps did the same thing, uh, do you think it would go like kind of unnoticed? Somebody brought this up. I, I uh, When I was a kid, I used to, uh, my parents took a couple newspapers. They took the local Appeal Democrat, which was very widely read back then. And then they also took the San Francisco Chronicle. And they had the, what they called the sporting green. And the whole all the paper in the sporting green was actually green and uh, re- resembling grass. And so it was a great sport page. It was a great newspaper back then, even though, uh, you know, somewhat liberal, but a lot of col- good columnists. Anyway, uh, followed sports every day, w- read it every single day, and followed all the sports, knew all the people's averages, all this kind of stuff as a youngster. And then uh, even as uh, getting older, um, in my senior years, I've I've still had a real interest in the NBA. But with COVID started and all the people, disrespect for the country, kneeling, uh, anti this, anti that, uh, blacks are still like slaves, I'm done. And so uh, somebody posted on social media and said, I had no idea the NBA finals happened until I saw this morning on Fox and Friends that the Milwaukee Bucks won. Did anyone really care? I didn't. I didn't even know who was playing. I haven't heard. I haven't listened to a game, watched a game, been interested. Don't really care. Don't don't really even care. You know, they're all owned by the Chinese. They talk like they're people of high moral and ethical uh, standards. They are corrupt. They are sold out to the Chinese, and they would sell their brother to the Chinese. It's all about money for the NBA, and they have no respect for this country that uh, frequents their games. So I'm done with that. The other thing that happened is that um, the Olympics started. And the weird thing about the Olympics, uh, even though they're in Tokyo, Japan, the Tokyo, Japan has shut down the entire country because of supposed COVID infection. So the Olympics have no people in the Olympics. There's no people in the stands. Who would want to do that, right? What a horrible experience when you're used to uh, participating and competing before thousands and thousands of people cheering you on with flags and patriotism. And you just have empty seats, the seats and the mice. And uh, so, uh, as usual, you always have some people that are there to represent America, but actually show that they hate America. So I'm going to tell you a, a couple instances here, or one major instance that I want to talk about uh with a little bit more length than I have. I just got about four or five seconds here and we'll finish our second uh, segment. We'll be right back. All right, well, as far left Democrats and progressive activists continue to push their woke agenda to America, Our next guest points out in a new op-ed, a very good one on foxnews.com, that there is one secret they won't admit out loud. Here to tell us more, Hoover Institution Senior Fellow and all-around smart dude, 
Victor Davis Hanson. Victor, thank you so much for being with us. Great op-ed at foxnews.com. I hope everyone thank checks you. it out. I want, you, I want you to give us the how and the why this happened, because you put some great stats in here. 65% of Americans today making more than $500,000 are Democrats. 74% of those who make less than $100,000 a year are Republicans. 17 of the 20th wealthiest zip codes gave more money to Democrats than Republicans. This is a new realignment, uh, class realignment. How and why? Well, it happened, I think, over the last 30 years of globalization, where we had these coastal cultures from New York to Miami and from Seattle to La Jolla on each coast. And they looked out at Europe, respectively, and Asia. And people who had skills that could be internationalized, law, finance, media, academia, did very well. They had a market of 7 billion people. And people in the interior tended to be assembly, manufacturing, the traditional muscular uh, labor jobs, and they didn't do as well because their labor was replicated or their small business was uh, outsourced. And it's really, you can really see it, Pete, because there's two, I think there's two ramifications. When we, we seem baffled when we look at the military or we look at Wall Street or the corporate corporations or professional sports and say, why are all these people leftists? And I think the answer is they're very, very wealthy. And the corporate CEO has a little different attitude. He's the one we hear, but we don't hear the salesman, you know, driving from city to city trying to sell stuff, or the sound engineer versus George Clooney, or the part-time teacher who's piecing together, you know, $25,000 with part-time work versus the college administrator. So we have a class breakdown, and anybody who is exempt from the ramifications of their own ideology tends to be very left-wing. It's easy to say, <laughs> let's defund the police if you live in a nice zip code. Exactly. And it's yeah. easy to say, let's have an open border if they're not going to bust somebody who hasn't been tested for, let's say, COVID-19 to Martha's Vineyard or Malibu. Well, what about... And so I, I think we, we really got to re-examine re the woke movement, especially in terms of class. I don't think many, many Americans need to hear another lecture from Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or Mike Bloomberg or... Uh, the Obamas who venture out from Martha's Vineyard or Oprah from her $90 million estate or Meghan Markle from her $15 million estate or have LeBron uh, James come down from the Los Angeles Hills with his security detail. And uh, yeah. that's what the woke movement does not want to talk about. This was a top-down uh, movement that was organized by largely wealthy people who were never going to be uh, subject to what they uh, advocated for the rest of us. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I think when you, when I was hearing you speak, I could only think about one of the first things that Joe Biden did was shut down that pipeline, which just put so many people out of work, but satisfied the elites and their obsession with you know with climate. And at the same time, you know they were you know they're begging OPEC to produce more more oil. So it clearly wasn't about the climate. No, it wasn't. And uh, when here in the San Joaquin Valley of California, which is pretty impoverished, when you talk to people, their questions are not whether uh, there's going to be a black national anthem at a pro football game. It's <laughs> the price of gasoline has spiraled. Yes. The price of lumber has spiraled. The price of electricity has spiraled. They're worried about forest fires. They're worried about drought. And all of these are middle class issues, and yet the people who are running the government and who are influenced by the trillions of dollars of market capitalization in Silicon Valley or the megaphones in Hollywood, they think things are going great. I've got enough money. I can live in a place or I can be, where I can be safe. I have luxury items. I don't really care about gas or power. 
And I, th I think really the Republicans really have to make the argument that they're the party of the middle class because all the data shows that they are. Victor so that character of a, a wealthy white male Republican putting on a golf uh, course is not accurate anymore. Yeah. Victor, you it make isn't. the point that they, they talk down to the middle class. Like, you don't know anything. We know better. Uh, we know what to do, what's best for you. Um, talk a little bit about this and how they're losing the middle class as a result of that. Well, I think they don't, they don't understand what they're doing. I think they are creating a middle class backlash across racial lines. And we see mm. that with black males especially yep. are starting to change their attitudes politically. Hispanic males, they're joining poor white males. And they all say, you know, we have more in common than divides us because these elites do not like us. And you can see the vocabulary specifically in answer to your question. Remember, it was Barack Obama who said clingers. Hillary added to that vocabulary with irredeemables and deplorables. And then Joe Biden trumped them all when he started to use the words like chumps and dregs. And so they have nothing but contempt for the lower middle class and middle classes. And uh, they feel that, you know, they, they lack the empathy of the poor, they're not romantic like the poor, and yet they lack the taste of the upper class. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Your piece is so good and talks so much about how they're losing the working class minorities that they purport to stand for. Such a great piece. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Thank Victor. Thank you. Third segment here. Um, so this, the soccer team, the female soccer team, ladies soccer team, women's soccer team, uh, one, one of the bright spots to me in uh, international competition has been the, the ladies soccer team has done so well and, and been um, Olympic champions, national, international champions, world champions, whatever you call it. And uh, then we had a lady, and I'm sure there's been more than one lesbian on the uh, team. Uh, and really don't care, right? I don't care if, what, what people do with their sexual lives. I mean, God cares, but, you know, in the end, I can't do anything about all that. It's, I'm not going to tell them how to live their life. Uh, but uh, Megan Rapinoe uh, has been one of the most outspoken ladies. You can kind of know her. Uh, she has, I think, probably naturally blonde hair, but she likes to tint it up in wild colors. Uh, again, I, I don't really care. I don't care whether she has nipple rings. I don't care whether she has nose rings. I don't care whether she had tattoos all over her face. Uh, don't really care. I'm okay with that. And uh, But I, what I don't like is, uh, and, and people have freedom to do whatever they want. If you want to be a Colin Kaepernick and disrespect the country over and over again, uh, so that's uh, up to him. I, I don't need to be happy about it. But I, I'm not going to go do something gnarly. But uh, so Megan Rapinoe has made a name for herself, more of a name for herself, uh, for hating America than her, her uh, soccer game. And so she's now in the Olympics again. There's a number of ladies that are repeats from the previous Olympics. And uh, so my understanding in the first game was Sweden. I didn't watch it. And... Um, I haven't actually, I just watch stuff on my computer. I don't have a television, but, uh, my understanding is the entire team, which is really disappointing, uh, took a knee. 
or it was disrespectful to the, uh, the United States of America. It's interesting that they would want to represent the United States of America, who actually is quite fond of the flag overall and the country, and they, they, uh, they're interested in making America great. And so the ladies uh, disrespected the flag and, and all the people that represent that flag and protect the country, the military, the police, the sheriff's departments, the, the marshals, all the people. They keep us safe. Thank, thank you, Jesus. And so uh, then they went out and never could score uh, a goal. And I really felt good about that, and I'm, I'm hoping that Sweden does really well, and I, I hope that the team, I, as far as I'm concerned, I hope they don't score any goals the rest of the whole tournament. Now, I guess there's a mathematical possibility that they could work their way back into contention and then still win a medal, but my feeling is if that's their attitude, I, I'm not interested in anybody winning if they're running or competing or shooting or whatever they're doing for America, uh, if they're representing us and they and they're uh, mad dog in America or they're disrespecting, they're throwing dirt on the country. I'm not interested. I would rather have anybody win but them. And so the interesting thing is uh, with Megan Rapino, I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly. A Rapino, maybe it's Rapino. Uh, she is also the new spokesperson for Subway Sandwiches, and I found that fascinating. I thought, who is making decisions for Subway Sandwiches? You would think that they'd have somebody that was had a wider appeal than somebody that's always talking trash about America. So I've I've had my share of Subway Sandwiches, and uh, and thought they're pretty good. But I'm done with Subway, just like I'm done with the NBA. In fact, I wish that the NBA would just change their name instead of National Basketball Association to the Negro Basketball Association. Because, you know, with the, uh, you know how you're supposed to hire and hire proper percentages of people? Uh, blacks are about, I think, 12 to 15 percent of the population. So that's all we should have in the NBA. And we should divide it up according to ethnicity. Um, it really doesn't have, you know, in other words, you know, when you have to hire certain people because of their skin color or their gender or what, who they want to have sex with at night or their, uh, et cetera, you're really not trying to do the best as a company or a business or profit wise. You're really trying to just be a communist and be told where they have the government run your company. So, but, but as soon as we get into the sports, then we start to compete. And no, then, then if the blacks uh, get the majority, which they have about 80% probably or, or higher of basketball players and, and maybe not quite as many football players and then not quite as many baseball players, but still they, they have way more than their just due on uh, appropriations. And so I, I would be happy with just eliminating the whites out of the and Hispanics out of the uh, Negro ba Basketball League and just let them have it. And then if the whites want to just go play somewhere else, let them play somewhere else, start another league. You know, there used to be, I'm old enough to remember when there was a National Basketball League and then there was an American Basketball Association. Um, the NBA and an ABA. 
And then they competed against one another. And it was also competing football leagues at one time. So uh, anyway, Subway Sandwich is uh, has reached out, and Mara Megan Rapino or Rapino is their spokesperson. And I uh, I just want to let you know my feeling on this. I really don't care if the whole team was lesbian, and uh, if they were spokespeople for. Uh, the Subway Sandwich, or whoever they want to be spokespeople. But when they disrespect the country, then I'm not going to buy any. I'm not going to buy no Subway anymore. I'm done with Subway. Even if I get a free coupon, I'm giving it to somebody else. Give it to some homeless person or something. I am not going to support Subway Sandwich when their spokesperson uh, is is mocking or has a bad attitude about America and the military people are supporting us, defending us, the police, the sheriff. The, all the other law enforcement people. I'm not going to go for that. So I don't organize a lot of boycotts, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But, you know, let me just share. Do you know that even the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of your state thinks of your money as your speech? Did you know that? It, it actually says in the Constitution that the government is not supposed to take your money and turn around and, and use it to buy advertising to solicit more taxes from you because that's, that's a uh, usurping of your free speech. So the way you spend your dollars is your speech, right? It's you... Uh, Like you're saying, I support these people. I like these people. I endorse these people. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you may think, well, I just like to go to that restaurant because I really like the food. Well, okay. But you're still supporting, you're you're using your free free speech to endorse that group. Like we go over, a lot of us go over to Fernando's in Yuba City because he stayed open during the, the shutdown. And we go to Steelhouse Coffee and we go to places and we kind of reward those people that struggled and stayed open to support them. And uh, and I've I've already changed some of my buying habits that I buy a lot less Chinese products. I didn't usually even care what product I bought. If I needed a product, I didn't look where it was made. You know, some of these people say, oh, buy American made, buy American made. So now I'm really looking at American made, right, or other made, not China. And uh, so when I think that China runs the NBA and that China runns our movies, I don't want to I don't want to su- uh, support with my dollars, hard earned money, those types of connections. And I don't want to support Megan Rapino because and I don't want to support Subway Sandwich and on and on and on it goes. And, and you have a choice on what there's lots of places to eat, aren't there? There's there's other types of sub shops instead of Subway. And so Subway's got the last dollar they will ever get from me. And, of course, they could always change, but I don't have many years left on, on the earth. So uh, so I want to talk uh, a little bit now about the uh, – by the way, there's other Olympians. Uh, I think there is a hammer thrower, uh, a black lady that she got third at the uh, the qualifying trials for the Olympics, and she's got a big bad attitude about the Olympics, and I was all for her not getting to stay on the Olympic team. 
I don't think we should carry anybody on the Olympic team that is going to make a stink over there about their own country they're supposed to be representing. Uh, so uh, let me let me move on from the Olympics and talk for a bit about uh, Kevin Kiley. There's a lot of people running for for governor, as I mentioned. I'm not going to take time to mention them all, but we just had a flare up where Larry Elder, who is a well-known and very nice talk show host, conservative guy, happens to be black. Uh, he's he uh, put uh, signed up to run and the secretary of state said, Oh no, you, you, you can't run. And, uh, we're going to need all your tax returns. And he says, well, it doesn't say you need your tax returns." She said, well, I say you need your tax return. So anyway, it, he didn't make the cut. So they went to court and the court says, Hey, this isn't a primary election. And in the special election for a recall, it doesn't say you have to provide tax, atter- tax returns in the law. They just passed here a while back. So, um, so the judge overruled the secretary of state and elder Larry Elder, the talk show host, is now uh, one of the governor candidates that will uh, have a chance to replace Newsom should he get 50 percent plus one or more votes saying get out. Another guy that is running uh, that I prefer to support is Kevin Kiley, and I'll give you some basic reasons. A lot of people run for office, and I'm not saying this is a perfect science or a perfect world, but a lot of people run for office, and they really haven't been that involved anymore or in, in the past. They, they've done their thing, whatever their thing was, worked in business, worked in education, worked somewhere, worked in, in uh, law enforcement or been, wasn't, you know, they, any occupation will do. So, but the question is, how active were they? Uh, were they activists? Did they fight uh, for anything? Were they involved? Were they Are they knowledgeable? And it, it makes a big difference. If people aren't knowledgeable of the, of the seat that they're going for, uh, particularly when you're going for governor, which is, is like running a, a country, like California is lar- larger than many countries. And um, so I have questions on a lot of people on whether – even if you like their character or some of their stances, if they have the ability to actually do the work, like just, just not anybody can run a business, just not anybody can pastor a church, just not anybody can be a leader in the military, right? There's leaders, there's followers. Well, if you're going to be governor, you're not a follower. You better not be. And so one of the guys, uh, Steve Franks, who writes a, a column on numerous, he covers numerous political issues, Every week, Steve Franks wrote a column and just said, hey, normally I don't endorse da da da, but he said, hey, what I like is to look at these governor candidates like who's been fighting, who's been like acting like uh, they they would be a leader in this state and they have the ability to lead. Who's been acting like that? And one of the guys that he was uh, Steve Franks was interested in was Kevin Kiley, who's an assemblyman. Uh, from the 6th District, which is just kind of uh, northwest of Sacramento, California. And he's uh, decided to run for governor. One of the things that caused him to stand out when COVID happened, and he called out the governor uh, when the governor just said, hey, this is an emergency, and when there's an emergency in the state, the law gives me the right to exclude the Constitution 
exclude the assembly and exclude the Senate and just make all the decisions as a tyrant myself. And uh, Kevin Kiley, who's a graduate of Harvard and also Yale, he got his, his undergraduate degree from one and then went over to the other to get his uh, law degree. He also got a uh, teaching degree and taught English for a while in inner city schools for Teach for America. But uh, the bottom line is he ended up coming back to the area that he was raised in, which is the uh, 6th District, and became an assemblyman. So now he is running, and one of the interesting things is he's one of the few outspoken people. The, the Democrats weren't really outspoken against Newsom, even though he took away their jobs. They all got paid. They just didn't do anything. But he complained from a constitutional point of view that he had no right, the governor didn't have any right to shut down uh, the Constitution of the California or the United States when I mean that's that's when you need the Constitution is when when there's a major emergency you need it more than ever, so he's been writing. Uh, he stood up and he filed an action along with James Gallagher, who's the the uh, third district. I believe third or first district. Uh, he represents Yuba Sutter counties and some of the counties here in the North State. So he's uh, Kevin Kiley's uh, compadre in a different area. So the two of them, with Kylie kind of taking the lead, filed an action in Sutter County Court against Newsom, uh, which was, which was, um, the judge agreed with Kylie and Gallagher, and then uh, they fought him on his tyrannical decision making, and and won. So Kylie has been posting, Kylie has been fighting Newsom all along, and he's been posting in a blog, and I want to read it to you. He said, this goes without saying, but first of all, there's a, a little prelim to this. It said there, there was, a, you know, obviously, just like in your state, there's been all kinds of fighting going on about the stupid mask and all this stuff that has nothing to do with good health, everything to do with poor health, and everything to do with psychological control of the population of becoming a communist country. So it says here, L.A. County's new mask mandate flies in the face of scientific consensus, which is a pretty good sign Gavin Newsom might adopt it statewide, Kylie says. Since Newsom, uh, Newsom's done such damage using executive powers, which Kylie fought, much could be undone by a new governor. The same, in other words, you can you can reverse these things, just like when Trump went in, he reversed a lot of Obama's nonsense. The same goes for the mischief carried out by state agencies. I'd, uh, Kylie said, I would immediately disentangle state agencies from the lives of Californians by rolling back their regulations. The governor also has constitutional authority to call a special session of the legislature. I'd use this to throw down the gauntlet, pass major reforms on school choice, affordability, homelessness, and more, or face accountability from the voters in 2022. So again, if he takes over for uh, Governor Newsom, he would have to run again within a little over a year. So uh, he goes on to say, this goes, this all goes without saying but as governor, I would immediately terminate the state of emergency. In other words, that state of emergency is still floating around out there. And that gives special powers to the governor. But you can't just live the rest of your life in a state of emergency to get the luxury powers. 
Kylie says that automatically wipes out all state and local orders issued under it. The stakes have been raised by L.A. County's latest fit of anti-humanism. I'm going to talk more, I think, about anti-humanism in a bit. Its new mask mandate flies in the face of scientific consensus, which is a pretty good sign Gavin Newsom might adopt it statewide. Ending the emergency is a shot across the bow since Newsom has done such damage using executive powers. Much could be undone by a new chief executive. The same goes for the mischief carried out by state agencies. I'd immediately disentangle them from the lives of Californians by rolling back regulations. The governor also has constitutional authority to call a special session of the legislature. I'd use this to throw down, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, on the campaign trail, he said, we, um, we had a standing room only rally in San Diego, received a big endorsement from Senator and Supervisor Joel Anderson. Next up is San Francisco and L.A. For anyone who's still on the fence about the recall, my short book can now be downloaded uh, for free. So uh, maybe there's a, I don't know whether it's Kyle uh, or, sorry, sorry, Kevin Kiley for governor. I'm not sure if that's K-I-L-E-Y. She says, he says, being on the road, I'm constantly reminded what a beautiful state this is. California truly is worth fighting for. I agree. So uh, I've, uh, last weekend uh, at Church of Glad Tidings, I watched uh, General Michael Flynn speak and also interviewed him. I'll have the interview maybe in another week. Uh, interviewed him. Also went to L.A. at Anaheim and watched him speak down there. And he, he just said, hey. I'm not for California, but I'm not giving up on California. Let's fight for California. So, uh, indeed, uh, many people have left, but the question is, why uh, did God tell them to leave, and are they just taking their bad attitude somewhere else? So I'll talk about that in a minute. We're going to take a break and be right back. Recently in a Twitter exchange, Socialist Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez says that Republicans like me are dismantling America's safety nets. No, honey. The only one who's threatening to dismantle America's safety net is you with your $93 trillion Green New Deal. There are people who actually need this, and because of the inflation you're going to cause, they won't be able to have that. Our country is not great because of our welfare system. It's not great because of stimulus checks or government handouts. It is our freedom that makes America the greatest country in the world. I get that. And I'll continue to fight every day to preserve that freedom. Sadly, AOC and the left want to strip that freedom and replace it with big, overreaching, tyrannical government. Listen, Sandy Castro or Cortez, supports a government welfare state with cradle-to-grave handouts. I think that sounds like hell, and government crumbs will never be enough to satisfy the human desire for true liberty. Do you know who agrees with me? The people of Cuba who are risking their lives right now to stand up to the communist dictatorship and say we refuse to be under government oppression. We choose freedom. From Cuba to Hong Kong, 
they are waving the American flag because that flag represents liberty and justice for all, all across the world. I want to make sure it stays that way. But AOC, she would like to see us flying the hammer and sickle. I'll always choose freedom over a government-controlled welfare system. And I stand by my statement that I made on the stage at CPAC. Free thinkers, liberty-loving Americans don't want handouts. We want to be innovative. We are rugged individuals and we can do better taking care of ourselves than government ever could. We don't want a welfare state. We don't want the federal government knocking on our doors, pushing the Fauci ouchie. We want them to leave us the hell alone. absolutely have not seen it all and there will be more to come i can promise you that laura listen the biden administration got caught red-handed and i want to be very clear about what their intentions are because we all know that joseph biden does not care about race his record when he was a senator tells us everything that we need to know about him and his opinion about black people and his true opinion of black americans is that we are the dumbest part of the population he believes that black americans are the easy pawns his administration believes that if they keep stroking racial tensions they can turn black americans into permanent soldiers for their policies and what they're really trying to do is replace hard academic I'm talking about engineering, mathematics, all that stuff is now a form of white supremacy. They don't want kids to get the right answer. They want them to focus on, you said it, Laura, emotional learning, right? Because emotional learning is not rational learning. People that learn emotionally don't tend to go off and become successful individuals. Rather, people that learn emotionally turn to become angry, radical, Antifa-throwing, BLM-burning individuals, and those people are, are very easily targeted by the government. And that's what the Biden regime wants. They really want people to do whatever they say to be angry, for their government schemes. Well, Candace, I can't tell you how many diversity, equity, and inclusion positions, if you just do a random search online, which I did today, so many companies are looking for DEI officers. It's the biggest scam going. You have instant job security, and you can never get fired, I guess, unless you actually treat people just as equals without regard to race, then you'll probably be fired. Right. Right. That's exactly right. And by the way, that's antithetical to free markets and capitalism. Eventually that will die out because you can't just hire people because of the way that they look. I mean, another company will come around, they'll hire people because of what they know, and your company will lose against them. It's a ridiculous policy that people are doing to really capitulate with, you know, the Black Lives Matter radical movement that went after all of these businesses. I think that will stop. But I don't think um, this watering down of the education system is going to stop. Actually, I think we're just seeing the beginning of it. And, and it's unfortunate. People need to realize that right now in American society, and this is a fact, Act. I read it in a Thomas Sowell book. We've never handed out more degrees ever in American society, and yet we've never produced kids that are this dumb. And I mean this by statistic. I'm talking about by standardized test scores. These kids are not becoming smarter, and yet they're getting more and more degrees, and that's by design. They want these kids to be convinced of their own rationality, be convinced that they're so smart, and then be shocked when they can't make any money, because you actually can't make that money as a gender studies or an LGBT studies major uh, for four years. That's not just not what society needs. I need somebody to fix my AC, not to come over and tell me, uh, that there's more, there's 26,000 genders and you can be non-binary. So these kids end up angry. They think they're mad at capitalism. They think they're mad at free markets. What they should be mad at are Democrats. All right. Thank you uh, for listening. 
and I want to take just a few minutes here, and I'm going to talk about a project I do with Dr. Joe Cassidy, who is the uh, retired health officer for Yuba County, 25 years, plus he was the uh, jail doctor for Yuba County uh, Sheriff's Department for the same amount of years, or actually a little longer. But one of the things he became in this area was an expert on drug addiction, and he has saved more lives than anybody in the community. And uh, we, he and I have become friends over the last 30 years, and we talk a lot about people we're working with that are hopelessly addicted. seems like they're hopelessly addic- addicted, but we have hope for them. And we know, because we've seen so many people turn their lives around, that uh, we don't want to let people slip off and overdose and die. So we're trying to rescue them. And one of the things that's failed is the state getting involved in uh, fighting uh, drug addiction. They're terrible at it. Uh, I don't believe the the state should be in the education business, the health business, or any of those businesses. They should just provide a policing action to protect us um, against enemies, foreign and domestic. But uh, be that as it may, the, the... the lion's share of our tax dollars, if not all of our tax dollars, to fight drug abuse or drug addiction or try to do in, uh, rehabilitation goes through the uh, behavioral health. They used to call them mental health facilities, behavior health. They do a horrible job. They're very bureaucratic. They treat uh, anything to do with the government. If you try to get a permit or a, or a license or whatever you want to do, it's just heavy with bureaucracy. And you can imagine a drug addict is withdrawing off drugs. Uh, does not have the patience or the uh, perseverance to weather the storm of getting placed in a rehab. So Dr. Cassie and I got tired of watching people die waiting for Yuba Sutter Behavioral Health to get their act together. So they're still Zooming over there. So anytime they want to have a, a big, they want to try to accomplish something, they have a meeting, and, and now they they don't even get together. They don't They can just sit home in their pajamas and uh, Zoom, hopefully you're not jerking off, but that's uh, what a lot of people do. You know, they just, they're involved in all kinds of chicanery at home. So uh, Dr. Cassidy and I are working on uh, helping addicts. So the other day, a person sent me an interview. They interviewed this addict. They were talking to this addict uh, in Yuba City or Marysville, and this kid was heavily under the influence and having demonic problems and was loaded on opiates, on heroin maybe, and she sent me the video, and she said, and then she had the guy call me. And so we got right on it, and within less than 24 hours, we had him uh, in the hospital and uh, and on a, a Suboxone dose, which would stop the withdrawals, and so he didn't have to use heroin, but to stop it, to stop with the craziness. So one of the interesting things that, that I just noticed this last week was three people graduated from drug court in Yuba County, and that's— uh, an alternative method that was developed many years ago instead of sending all these people to prison when they simply have a a serious drug problem is if they will comply with the drug court requirements on uh, going to meetings, going to uh, outpatient rehabilitation, following up to probation, doing drug testing, etc., they will uh, keep them out of prison or uh, even drop their charges or wipe their record clean if they'll get clean and live a normal life. So one of the guys that graduated this last week was uh, the the uh, young kid, now an adult, that was with the, the Mighty Ducks and uh, the Mighty Ducks Disney uh, 
production. And uh, one day uh, he ended up <clears throat> getting arrested uh, because he broke actually into my garage and broke into my car and was out of his mind. And uh, But really he was sick and he was cold and he was down to probably about 90 pounds. And uh, it was very cold out outside that at that period of time in northern california can get really chilly up here wet and cold and uh the sh the police arrested him normally with addicts they would just cite and release because of the inhumane laws that we have to lead people to just die on the streets rather than take them into jail sober them up and get them straightened out so um they uh arrested this fellow and took him to yuba county jail yuba county jail medical uh got him straightened out and uh he in, got him healthy so he could actually go into court because he was so sick. And uh, he got him into court, and they put him into drug court, got him into a rehab. And now he came back to be exited out of drug court this last week and took a picture with the judge. So it was uh, his name, Sean Weiss, if you want to look him up. Or maybe you saw him when he was a youngster and, and was very uh, a great entertainer for Disney. But he ended up... Uh, like all of us can, ended up in a bad situation, discouragement, started using drugs, ended up homeless out on the streets, and he was a diabetic or is a diabetic. So the good news is that the, the police department, the sheriff's department, the sheriff medical, and the court system and the district attorney of Yuba County worked together to save his life. So way to go. Now, there are thousands of people out on the streets in our area up here that could all be helped, but government is the worst people. They're the worst institution in our society to try to help people. Uh, again, a ju the, the judicial system, there needs to be a judicial system. What I'm talking about is the departments of health, of, of like welfare or human services. They are not responsive to people. That's why so many are dying instead of giving getting assistance. They die before they can get assistance. So this week, Dr. Cassie and I worked together with another person uh, who referred this guy to us to get him off the street. So I wanted to bring that up. And so if you're an addict or, I, you know, you may be a working addict and you're, you're working every day, but you're using heroin, you're using Norcos, you're using oxys, you're using fentanyl, uh, we can help you get stabilized and get off those. And so one way to start is to call Peachtree Health. Uh, and Linda or Oliver, or sorry, Linda or um, Live Oak, and just ask for Dr. Cassidy, get an appointment, and just if they ask you the reason you need an appointment, you can just say, I need, I have addiction issues. And uh, listen, if there's any hesitancy to get that appointment, if they put you off or somebody doesn't know what the scoop is with Cassidy or they think he's too busy, uh, I'm going to give you a phone number, his number, that you can text him. Remember, not call, but text. Uh, so 530-682-8648, 530-682-8648. Just text him. I told this guy the other day, I just say, hi, talk to Lou. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an addict, heroin addict, whatever. Uh, I, I'm trying to get an appointment with Peachtree Health, et cetera, and, uh, and leave your phone number, right? So uh, 530-682-8648. Now, somehow, if, if it's difficult to get through Peachtree Clinic or you need something extra or you can't get through to Cassidy or something, you can get call me at 530-713-1838. 530-713-1838. Just call me up. Don't, you can text me or you can just call me up. 
and uh, you can do that 24 hours a day and we'll do business and we'll get you going and get you in get you the help that you need whatever you need and uh, so we talk about helping you with narcan helping you with uh, suboxone or some other type of opiate opiate replacement get you into residential rehab whatever the case may be everybody's different sometimes people just need to detox and go into transitional living and hook up with some AANA or recovery groups or whatever. So, uh, so Dr. Cassie also supports this show. We do a we do a live show on KMYC fourteen ten a.m. on Saturday mornings ten to noon, or you can listen to this podcast. You can do both. They're kind of the same, but sometimes there's different material. Uh, I don't do the, <clears throat> I don't have a script, so I just go for it. So uh, thank I appreciate Dr. Cassidy's help. We also have North Valley Paralegal that supports us. And that's Nellie Garcia. She's uh, built that business to be a real, real winsome business. And uh, she's honest. She's a be- better than most attorneys. She's less expensive than most attorneys. You can get right in and see her. She'll work night and day for you. She's very passionate. You can reach her at 530-751-9289. 530-751-9289. She's at 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City right there below the 10th Street Bridge, North Valley Paralegal. She can solve most of your legal needs without consulting an attorney. The other guys that have been with me for many years are um, Dave Greenitz Construction. You can reach him at greenitzconstruction.com or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. So, you know, it's I hear people looking for electricians, carpenters, plumbers, cement guys. If you need somebody to remodel your your house, your kitchen, your bath, you're not going to find any bit better than uh, this person. In fact, Dave Greenitz is the best in the community. You don't have to take my word for it. You can just look on those sites and look at the before and after work. It's just not about being a general contractor, but all the subcontractors that he has worked with him, they're all perfectionists. They do amazing work. So uh, you can also call him at 530-682-9602, or you can text him there as well. A plumbing doctor is another one that helps us stay on the air or on the Internet, and that's the, they do plumbing 24 hours a day, every day of the week, and they're at 530-671-9111. If you're a plumber, they're also looking for more plumbers. Uh, they could use more plumbers if you have the experience and you're a good person. So you just call that number if you don't need plumbing, but you want to help, you can be a plumber. They're also looking for the same people that own Plumbing Doctor own Liftoff Floor Removal. If you're looking for a job, they're hiring people at Liftoff Floor Removal. You can use the same number. Finally, uh, Elite Universal Security Money Hacker. If you've got people taking your stuff that you've been working all the years for, uh, Money Hacker not only has guards that can watch your business watch your residence but he has the ability to give you technology ideas to let you watch your residence from wherever you are in the world like i have a friend of mine that, that on his phone he can just check out his whole residence inside and out so uh it's not just about hiring guards like the government hires guards for government buildings etc cetera, etc cetera. people do different things or farmers, they, they hire people to watch their um, their property because uh, people are stealing their products or the walnuts, the almonds are harvesting, stealing their tractors, crazy. 
So Elite Universal Security, 5548 Federal Boulevard. They're operating all over Northern California, so you don't have to be a Yuba County resident to work for them or Sutter County. So their number is 530 530-749-0280. They'll teach you how to become a security guard. Also, if you're a citizen and you think, I, I need to learn how to fire a weapon, I need to get me, myself a weapon, I'm going to get a concealed weapon permit, they can help with that as well. So thank you to all of those uh, businesses that have made this possible to keep on going on. So, um, okay, I'm just scrolling back down here to where I was. I was just talking about Kevin Kiley. One of the other groups, and in, in if you, like uh, I was giving you chrisannhall.com and then, and then uh, thehealthyamerican.org, I'm, I'm giving you places, like I was just communicating with some people in Vietnam, and Vietnam people are starving right now because the government has shut down all the businesses, and they've been shut down for months, and people are running out of money. People are there's there uh, their stores where they rented and had businesses set up. There's their stuff's being confiscated. I don't know wh- why Vietnam wants to kill their people off. They're lovely people, but the communists are nuts, and we have them here too. But uh, I w- I've just been texting uh, back and forth, and uh, so uh, the the woman I was texting with said lou what you're telling me about covid and about the shot i told him don't don't take the shot she said the the media says just the opposite i said they're lying to you because they're trying to destroy your life she said you're saying all the media is lying i said yep and i said you can trust me girl because i like you and i'm not going to do you wrong and uh so I look for websites and sources of news that are solid they're rock solid and so Chris Ann Hall is one. Uh, Peggy Hall is another with the Healthy American. There's lots of people that I call as the new wave of media that research stuff. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're uh, educators that are, many of them are Christian people, and they're very solid. Now, one other one is SaveCalifornia.com, and that's Randy Thomas. And Randy has been for decades he came out of the media world, then started doing lobbying for for families, and now then started SaveCalifornia.com. Go to that website, donate money to them, and I'm going to give you some news that he passed on to me, not specifically to me thinking of me, but I'm on his email list. So he is given some news items regarding what's going on around the state right now in California, and one of them... Uh, he talked about just like what I, I, I already talked about, Larry Elder, okay? So here's another deal. It said, late last week, a rare and significant legal victory was achieved against the Democrat law SB 219, which required preference preferred pronouns to be used in all California long-term health care. So, you know, uh, care facilities like your grandma or grandpa might be in, right, or, or a person with severe disabilities. So uh, the California legislature had said you you need to call people by the pronoun that they want to be called. So on July 16th, the third appellate district court in Sacramento ruled the 2017 lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender long term care facility residents bill of rights violated California's free speech guarantees. What does all that mean? A big mouthful said the judges said. 
Part of SB 219 is a content-based restriction of speech that does not survive strict scrutiny. This is important uh, victory against uh, unconstitutional, tyrannical LGBTQIA plus politicians and activists. The, the state legislature, by the way, in California is loaded with perverts. So they're running out. They just run out constantly. Every month they're producing new bills. Uh, forcing, in other words, remember back in the 60s and 70s, it was just like we just want to be able to live our own life, have our own partner, and be left alone and be good and not have persecution. I said, hey, they shouldn't have persecution. Happy days to you, right? You want to do that? I've known lesbians and I've known homosexual men all my life. I'm good with that. If you want to do that, we all have choices. We have a choice whether we want to get the, the shot. We have a choice whether we want to drop acid drink a fifth of booze every day, drive 100 miles an hour, right? Uh, Or we have a choice to do a controversial uh, alternative sex sex life, right? But now, instead of just tolerance, what we have is we have to embrace it and actually endorse it as normal. So Randy Thomason says, uh, as a result of this SB 219, nursing home staff were forced to call a woman a man and vice versa. Now the judges have said as a result, nursing home staff are protected from heavy fines and jail for simply saying he when the patient wants to be called a she. In other words, the nursing staff can call a person if he's got junk hanging between his legs, that would be a he and I'm going to call him a he because I got to wash all that stuff every couple days, right? And so that's the way it is. If he wants to pretend to be a she and wear a wig and put, you know, fancy nails on, happy days to you. But but he's a he to me. And that's what the judges said. Uh, so there's other parts of it. Uh, it says the judges did not overturn SB 219's other provisions. This is disgusting, including letting transsexuals demand bedrooms and bathrooms reserved for the opposite sex. Yet sincere kudos to the constitutional Christian attorney David Llewellyn for suing and winning free speech protections back for these institutes. Now, uh, okay, so Randy's always got great ideas and he's right on target and he's just pure as can be. So. He says, one, be informed of the present controversy. The same thing I was trying to tell the people in Vietnam. I, I said, hey, you better plant a garden or you guys are going to starve over there. He said, remember, remember the COVID variant is even less of a threat than the flu. Children especially are not threatened by COVID or COVID variants. Cloth and paper face masks don't block COVID or flu small particles. Face masks hurt people's health. I've talked about it. I've written about it. If you want to wear a mask, again, this is America. You can wear a mask. And tens of thousands of deaths and millions of injuries have already resulted from these dangerous experimental biological agents called COVID vaccines. That's the shot. It's not really a vaccine, right? Now, here's the deal. And these masks and jabs are so unnecessary since the state of California's own seven-day average death rate is 0.01 0.01 per 1,000, 100,000. That's one hundred one hundredths 
Not even one per 100,000. It's one hundredths, one one hundredths per 100,000. I'm going to finish this when I come back. Hold on. We're finishing our first segment. We'll be right back. people have you noticed how language is changing birthing people birthing people at this zoom congressional hearing most every speaker said instead of mothers birthing people birthing people why here's president biden's budget director we think our language needs to be more inclusive in the name of inclusion activists are changing other words equality is now equity mistress is companion or lover affirmative action is diversity and now speech can be violence. A transgender woman of color walking down the street and being called a man is an act of violence. One of the most pernicious things about the, the social justice control of language is this, this use of the word violence to describe language. Tim Sandifer of the Goldwater Institute. But the only way that we have as human beings to deal with one another is through language, through discussion, debate, deliberation. And if we say that that's a form of violence, then the only way left for us to relate to one another is through power. You're white. Why should anybody listen to you about this? Because what I say has or doesn't have merit on its own. One of the big problems with the social justice movement is the idea that people's mindset is controlled by their skin color. And that, although it may be called anti-racism in today's world, is just plain old, old-fashioned racism. Racism is another word redefined to mean many things. At a conference, this so-called anti-racist author was asked to define racism. I would define it um, as a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. He couldn't define the term. She uses the word to define the word. I could define racism. Racism means to mistreat people on the basis of their skin color or their race. We're in a situation where it can be really hard for us to talk to each other because we don't know what the words we're using mean. Linguist John McWhorter calls woke racism a new illogical religion that misleads. You learn that the idea is that where there are white and black disparities, we're supposed to call that phenomenon racism in the same way as Archie Bunker was racist. The country is going straight into the dumper. <laughs> and it never fully holds together to anybody who really keeps thinking about it. My writer's room is all Latinx. I, I use the term Latinx because Latinx is a gender inclusive term. A Latinx is social justice manipulation of language. The, the term Latino originated in the 1970s as a reaction led by Hispanic people themselves. So they chose the word Latino or Latina. And now here's a largely white, largely middle-class movement of social justice activists coming along and telling other people, no, no, you can't make distinctions in gender that way. What do you mean it's largely white? I think the social justice movement in general is a largely white, upper middle class, college educated movement. You hardly find anybody who is actually in the Hispanic community who prefers the term Latinx. It's hard to keep up with what's okay and what's newly forbidden. For 10 years, a law professor's exam on employment discrimination included the N-word printed this way. But this year, 
a group of black students decided that they had been injured by seeing that on paper. One of them claimed that they had heart palpitations. I had to seek counsel immediately after the exam to calm myself. The reason they're doing it is not because they're bad people. They're doing it because claiming that kind of victimhood gives them a sense of belonging, a sense of togetherness. The students demanded the professor be punished, and he was. He's been suspended from teaching, all in the name of social justice. Social justice seeks to redistribute wealth and power between groups to suit what some political authority thinks is the right outcome. That's a cheap shot. Social justice just means it's time to pay attention to the minorities that who never got justice. No, that's just ordinary, old-fashioned justice. Social justice tries to take a step from that and say, no, what we're going to do is reorganize how people live their lives. We're going to take away uh, jobs from some people and give them to other people that we prefer. We're going to silence some groups that have heard, been heard more often. It's a beautiful thing, the destruction of words. In George Orwell's book, 1984, the characters speak this funny language called newspeak. Double plus good, eh? that's invented by the state in order to keep them from thinking bad thoughts at all. I don't think there's a single piece of meat in this, do you? Tastes like meat. Isn't meat at all. Double plus good. And the idea is that it will control people's very mindsets and prevent them from even imagining freedom. That's the road that we're headed down, I think, with this social justice movement. No justice! No peace! That's why he and McWhorter say, Enlightened America needs to develop a backbone and start getting used to being called racist on Twitter and just withstanding it and keeping their voices out there and making us understand what true justice is. To love somebody, to love somebody the way I love you. Now, I want you to listen to this. Please think this through. One one hundredths per 100,000. That's the average death rate. Let me tell you what that means. This means if you catch COVID in California, I mean, you really get, you have symptoms. Not if it's a, you have a trace in your system. That doesn't mean anything. If you actually are sick with COVID in California, you have a 1 in 10 million, you know, there's almost 40 million people here, maybe a little over 40 million. If you actually get sick with COVID, you have a 1 in 10 million chance of dying from it. Okay, what does that really mean, right? 1 in 10 million. This means that you have a greater chance of dying from eating than COVID, walking than COVID, dying from driving than COVID. Having furniture or appliances fall on you and crush you than COVID, or being struck by lightning than from COVID. Why would you stick something in your system? Tell me that. That that will not stop COVID and will not stop you from transferring that if you get sick. Why would you do that? Why put an experimental chemical or nanoparticles in your system? So number two, it says resist as much as you can. Decide how to homeschool your children to protect them from every terrible thing in government schools. 
businesses, owners, and managers do not enforce any mask mandate. It is not a law, and OSHA can't come after you. Stop complying with orders that will not or will hardly be enforced by tyrannical government. Pastors and private school principals do not enforce a mask mandate. Remember, there's a sizable number of small government school districts already rebelling against Newsom's toothless mandate. You can, too. Now, I just heard at Marysville Joint Unified School District, sadly, at the end of his career, Gary Cena has never grown a pair of balls and read these ridiculous mask mandates, ignoring the horrible health consequences. We had two women, mothers, that are a part of a mother's group standing up for their civil rights, show a poster of one of their children who got a staph infection on her face from wearing a mask and rubbing, 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 and the, 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 the germs that collect in the mask transferring into her system. And uh, horrible, just horrible. And we have the superintendent of schools who's a lame duck superintendent has already said to people, I'm leaving. And uh, and then he's going to uh, still carry out the bidding of the, the government of, of the state of California. And thankfully, the Criddle brothers who were on the on the school board, their trustees. And uh, I think it's Jeff Boom stood up against that. Now, I don't know how it's going to sort out. They're still meeting by Zoom meeting in the in the school board. meeting. I just it's it just unbelievably wrong and communistic so okay i'm going to finish with randy um, randy thomas and stuff go to his website support him um he has a, a he has a, par- a proverb here that he ends his column with it says when righteous when the righteous are in authority the people rejoice men there hadn't been any rejoicing under gavin newsom but when a wicked man rules, a people groan. That's Proverbs 29, verse 2. So uh, anyway, you can you can give a donation to Randy uh, Save California. This guy is all over the place. He is, send him, send, send him $100, savecalifornia.com. You can do it quickly online. And what a wonderful guy he is. So let's see. Uh, I'm down to one, two, three, four. We're under our fifth segment here. So I'm trying to have him to pick and choose what I'm going to do. Uh, okay, we already talked about that. Uh, okay, the nursing homes. By the way, the long-term nursing homes, that's the type of thing, that's a crime against humanity where they sent nursing home uh, residents back to their nursing homes with COVID and infected other people. And you think, well, Lou, you, you just said no big deal with people dying from COVID, right? It, yeah, it's true. The fact is, uh, people in nursing homes have all kinds of ailments already, right? They have half a lung. You know, they got they got all kinds of compromised situations, and and another stuff, something on top of that caused them to die. Something's going to cause anybody to die eventually. By the way, let me just say this. Let me tell you about the fraud of the CDC. Do you know the CDC is not a government agency? It's a private agency. Who is not a government agency? World Health Organization is a private agency. And these people are not honest. They're corrupt. And so your health departments are corrupt with these health officers. And they have been fraudulent. So what they did was they they 
they overestimated. <clears throat> they they counted. They wanted to make this thing look as bad as they could look. So they took these these two these uh, sticks and ran them up your nose to test you for COVID. And it didn't mean you were sick. It just means uh, that they came up with a positive test. Ninety over ninety percent of the positive tests were false positives. That means. Uh, when they tested them in the lab, they didn't do it correctly, and it, it, it tested. Have you, ever, have you ever gone to the doctor, and they test you for something, and they'll say, oh, uh, this looks a little high, but why don't we test it in a week and see if it's still there? Because uh, it could be a false positive. So most of the PCR tests where they ran the, the thing up your nose were ridiculous. The PCR test was never uh, created for that, and and when they spin cycle to come up with what what's if what they find in up your nose, they the recommended best uh, cycle is seventeen cycles. But they uh, but the higher number of cycles you spin the the product, the the thing it loses its mind and it tells you all kinds of weird stuff. So they were doing cycles at forty. So let me just say this simply because I don't have time to go into all the gory details. They overestimated fraudulently the number of people that were sick because they weren't really sick. They just had a presence of the COVID uh, element in their cells like that they went in their nose, their immune system knocked it out. And so you have some COVID litter in there. I call it COVID litter. So they called all those those cases. People misunderstood that to think all those people are sick. They weren't sick. Most people that have had COVID in their system didn't even know they got COVID in their system. It's not that big of a deal. The people that died are ancient people. They probably would have died in 2020 anyway. I'm not happy about it. I'm just saying that every, every year lots of people die. 100,000 people maybe in the United States or so and uh, or more. And and so nobody else loses sleep over that, right? People come to pass, and new people are born every year. So my point is that they incredibly overestimated the number of people that got sick and died with COVID. And they underestimated by massive amounts, maybe only counting 1%, the people that got sick and died from the shot, Right. So there's fraud on both ends of this thing. So, um, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna blow through this really quick. And, uh, but I wanted to touch on that. And I'm trying, looking down here to see what I want to cover real quick, and uh, the most important thing, I want to. Uh, oh, let's see. Fix dangers, frontline doctors, okay. I'm going to go down here and cover this frontline, America's frontline doctors, AFLDS.org, I believe. Uh, fix California, okay, so got to go for it. America's frontline doctors, you could get hydroxychloroquine, you can get an online examination from them. Uh, so you can get a prescription for products that aren't allowed in California through California pharmacies. Maybe they'll send them to you. And so I want to spend a little time. I'm going to tell you about what they have filed a lawsuit. 
man, I've just got too much stuff here piled up. Sorry about that. Okay, here we go. So America's frontline doctors, that's Simone Gold and her people, they filed a motion July 19th seeking immediate injunctive relief in the Alabama Federal District Court to stop the use of emergency use authorization. That's your shot. The COVID shots, not the vac- it's not, not a vaccine. They call it that in, inaccurately. They want to stop it. The Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, <clears throat> for three, three groups of Americans, they want to stop it. <clears throat> According to the press release, AFLDS is asking to immediately stop administration of experimental COVID shots in anyone 18 and younger and all those who have recovered from COVID and acquired natural immunity, in other words, you got sick and then got better, and every other American who has not received informed consent as defined by federal law. So when they say they've done informed consent, remember like when you go to get go to the doctor and you're going to have a, a procedure or you're going to go to the hospital and you're going to have a leg operated on, your chest operated on, and they do this informed consent over and over and over. They said, do you realize this could happen, that can happen? Do you know that we're going to operate on your right leg? touch your right leg is that x on the right leg all this informed consent there's no way that they're giving informed consent they're they're lying about the shot they're lying about it that's not informed consent even when you sign on the dotted line they're deceiving you about the shot including this the yuba sutter health department these people the health officers all their workers should be held accountable with covid nuremberg trials they all should be held accountable, every one of them. They aren't going to be able to say, well, we just thought we were doing our duty. No, 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 no. You're, you're supposed to be smarter than that. So um, it's a 67-page motion, and here's their arguments. There is no emergency, which a pre, it, and an emergency is a prerequisite to issue an emergency uh, use authorization. You just can't come up and do an EUA just because you want to. You have to have a legitimate emergency. Otherwise, you've got to go through all the trials, right? And uh, so, second, there's no serious or life-threatening disease or condition. COVID is not serious or life-threatening. Number three, vaccines do not diagnose, treat, or prevent SARS-CoV-2 or COVID. Vaccines do not diagnose, treat, or prevent it. It's useless, the vaccine. What You say, well, what are they doing it for? They're trying to control you, and they're putting nanoparticles, metallic particles in to control you and change your DNA. That's what they're doing. Known and potential risks of the vaccine outweigh their known and potential benefits, they say. Then they say there are adequate, approved, and available alternative medicines to the vaccines. Doctors will tell you that we've never done a vaccine, a We've never never worked at a vaccine when we've had medicine for people. Why would you do that? Medicine's cheap, relatively cheap. And vaccine, to do research and development on vaccines, it's, it takes years. And and there there's losses to it. There's fallout to it. And um, so it's a bummer. So when you have cheap medicine like ivermectin, you can get it at the feed store. You don't even need a, a prescription. Okay, so so then they say there's adequate approved uh, alternatives to the vaccine. Next, next, healthcare professionals and vaccine candidates are not adequately informed. So they they 
Then they gave him a whistleblower. There's a whistleblower inside the CDC that said the CDC is lying on the vaccine adverse events reporting system. They're underestimating. And the estimates are that whatever numbers they're getting from VAERS or vaccine adverse events reporting system is about less than 1% of the actual reality. And on July 9th, the reported deaths in VAERS totaled 10,991. Dr. Peter, Peter uh, McCullough, uh, who's the top uh, heart and renal doctor at uh, Baylor University, said he, he has no question there are between 50 and 60,000 American deaths already uh, by the vaccine, by the shots. So uh, let me go down here and uh, and there they they have an insider that's saying they they're manipulating the figures. So uh, they're suggesting they're guesstimating at deaths of forty five thousand. Now uh, in here somewhere they they state how many of the actual deaths were of previous flu vaccines. It's just unbelievably um, small number. So it says in their press release, it's unlawful and unconstitutional to administer experimental agents to individuals who cannot make an informed decision as to the true benefits and risks of the vaccine on an independent basis. It's all a lie. And they're giving false information. They say it's approved by the FDA. It is not approved. It's an experimental use, emergency use, okay. They must be of an agent capacity to make informed decisions and have been provided provided with risk-benefit information necessary to make that decision. The government doesn't have that information. One of the main plaintiffs is Deborah Sobizic. She's the mother of a 15- and a 17-year-old, and she said, my child will not be the subject of an experiment. What kind of monsters are we? When I say what kind of monsters, I want you to think of Nazi doctors. What kind of monsters are we allowing to control us? Perfectly healthy children have developed heart inflammation, brain bleeds, and even died from these shots. And none of them have died from COVID. Do you realize that? I bet Gary Cena is is endorsing shots or his Marysville Unified School kids, none of which have even have COVID. And he's going to walk away with his $200,000 pension and kids are going to be dying from this COVID shot years later. He's, the, person, the lady says, I have had enough. I am not sacrificing my child so a pharmaceutical company can experiment on her. The madness has to stop. There's no emergency warning. War, there's no emergency warranting EUA of COVID vaccines, a plaintiff alleges. Now, uh, so, um, according to the complaint, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services secretary named as one of the was named as one of the defendants. Now, listen, a lot of people can be named as defendants. Doctor Liu, all these fifty-eight health officers who have lied, they've told people to do things that are going to make them sick, like wear a mask, stay in your home, uh, st- s- distance yourself from people, don't go to group gatherings. Those are all bad for people. Wash your hands incessantly. That's ridiculous. Uh, So let's go on. Plaintiffs allege the HHS data is deliberately inflated. On March 24, 2020, HHS changed the rules 
applicable to coroners, that's those are people who handle dead people, and others responsible for producing death certificates and making cause of death determination exclusively for COVID. And that, in other words, I could get hit by a car, shot in the head, I could fall off my roof, I could uh, take an overdose of fentanyl. But if I have any COVID litter in my system, they're going to call it a COVID death. That's fraud. The rules change. The rule changes state. COVID-19 should be reported on the death certificate for all decedents. Those are dead people. Whether the disease caused or is assumed to have caused or contributed to the death. According to complaint, HHS statistics showed 95% of deaths classified as COVID-19 deaths involved an average of four additional comorbidity. A comorbidity is like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, right? So a lot of these, the people that died, they look, well, did they really die of COVID? Yeah, they had COVID. No, no, no. What else did they have? They had an average, an average of four comorbidities, other things that could have killed them, that normally kill them. Plaintiffs claimed the CDC knew the rules for coding and selection for the underlying cause of death would result in COVID being the underlying cause more often than not. And then the PCR, it's called the polymerase chain reaction tests, which are used as a diagnostic tool for COVID. Uh, and they're far, they're inaccurate. They never were designed for it. And they over counted uh, people that said they were, in other words, they counted people as COVID when they weren't. Uh, okay. So here's the deal I was reading. I told you that there are already 50,000 American deaths, according to Peter McCullough. From 2009 to 2019, let's just call it 10 years, there were just 1,000. And, and we got, what, 350,000 uh, people in the United States? 350 million, I mean. Out of that, there were 1,529 people over a 10-year span reported deaths associated with all vaccines reported to uh, this reporting department. So now we have 50,000. You don't think there's a problem with this shot? Plaintiffs also disclosed evidence of reproductive harm. That means you can't have children. Abort, auto, automatic abortions, Right. Vascular disease, autoimmune disease, neurological damage, and risk of harm to, to children. All right, we're going to be right back, and uh, I think we have one more segment. For some reason, this thing's shifting over here. Yeah, I think we have one more segment to go. Okay. My, my machine my equipment's working a little different than normal all right hold on with one more segment close your eyes and i'll kiss you tomorrow i'll miss you remember While here in New York City, this is really tough news here. Uh, an alarming amount of fentanyl up more than double so far this year. The flood of drugs in the Democratic-run city coming as the U.S. suffers from a record number of overdose deaths, a majority due to fentanyl itself. Uh, Brian Yenis now in New York with more on this. What are you hearing, Brian? 
Bill, good morning. Look, massive amounts of the synthetic opioid fentanyl is being smuggled into New York City. I sat down with the city's special narcotics prosecutor who says those drugs are coming in on produce trucks from the southern border at a record pace. Because the borders were closed down uh, because of COVID, the cartels focused on building up um, a big supply of the synthetic fentanyl that they were manufacturing themselves so that once the borders open, they just flooded across the border. Fentanyl seizures in New York state are up 236% over the last year. That's 806 kilograms of fentanyl, enough to kill 403 million people. Here we go. Booster shots and Delta variants were the main topics on discussion on Capitol Hill today, where Dr. Anthony Fauci and the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, testified before the Senate on the state of the pandemic we're all living through. Also on the docket, another verbal brawl between Fauci and Senator Rand Paul. Obviously, these two have a lot to talk about. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly, and I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about that gain-of-function research was going on in that lab, and NIH funded it. That is not... get away from it. It meets your definition, and you are obfuscating the truth. I'm not obfuscating the truth. You are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent that. that. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. And unfortunately, time was up. But now it's time for us to get Senator Rand Paul's take on this. Senator, from my humble point of view, watching this a few times, you tried to say what was going on in that lab from a paper you were reading, and it's defined as gain-of-function research. He wanted to focus on, in particular, a certain experiment. You're trying to say that he was not accurate May 11th when he said there was none of that financed by the NIH, correct? Well, gain-of-function research is defined by the NIH. We read the definition to him. It's when you take an animal virus and you make it more transmissible or more dangerous or more likely to cause a disease in humans. So we presented a paper from the Wuhan Institute by a Dr. Xi where she took viruses, combined two viruses that were not infectious in humans and made them infectious in humans. We quoted a scientist from Rutgers University with 30-year history in cellular biology who said that it was the epitome of -of gain-of-function research, and all Dr. Fauci could do was sputter, call me a liar, but he never, at any point in time, did he address any of the facts that we laid out that the money he was giving to Wuhan was indeed for gain-of-function. So the significance of this... Is, is American money used to finance experiments that we didn't want done in the Wuhan lab. We're seeing more and more people are agreeing with the original assessment and Tom Cotton's original assessment that that's where this whole pandemic started from. That's pretty significant if it's American dollars being used and Dr. Fauci knew about it and is trying to get away from responsibility from it. 
Yeah, he has a significant conflict of interest. Since he was indeed at the top of the food chain and that he did approve funding to the NIH, to the Wuhan lab, that's, that's not even contested. He knows that he, he approved the funding. All he's saying is, oh, well, the research now doesn't meet our definition. But when you read the NIH definition of gain of function and you talk to other scientists, they're saying it's the epitome of gain of function. So yes, he is dancing around the truth. Why? Because if this disease came from the lab and they were funding gain of function, guess what? There's some, at the very least, moral culpability he has for the beginning of the pandemic. But if you go back to Fauci's statements in 2012, he said that the research was worth it even if a pandemic should occur. Even if a leak from a lab should occur, the research was worth it. That to me shows incredibly bad judgment. Senator Rand Paul, how was your exchange covered today? You know, when you look at the so-called objective sources of news, they played only one side. They didn't look at all. But this is sort of the problem we have. Fauci controls all the funding and the media is all on his side. And so you really, nobody questioned what I had said. They just broadcast that Fauci called me a liar. So name calling became the issue of the day for the left wing media. So a lot of doctors are frustrated that Dr. Fauci is the face of this. Never turned down an interview from Steph Curry's podcast to uh, MSNBC's uh, 3 a.m. show. Senator Marty McCarry has been frustrated with the way this whole thing's been categorized and was doing a study right now on Johns Hopkins on how the money's been used at the NIH, 80 billion plus. Listen to what he told me on the radio today. The reality is I'd love to see the data. He should be ashamed of himself, by the way. The NIH last year spent $41 billion on research grants. 0.4% of that went to COVID. If he is so convinced that masks are needed in kids two and a half years old, why didn't he fund the study? So he's got 80 billion, he gives out 40, he keeps 41 and puts 0.4% into COVID-19 results and studies. How do you get away with that? Well, he's been there for 40 years, probably 39 years too long, but he controls all the funding. So people are deathly afraid of him. Researchers will not speak out. Why have there not been other scientists? I get letters from scientists all the time. You can find them. They're very distrustful of what he's saying. They don't think he's making sense. They don't think he's reading the science accurately, but they're afraid to speak out because many of them are university science and they depend on NIH funds. And to cross him means it's the last money you'll ever get. All right, we're, we're back here for our final segment. That's uh, for new new people. It's our sixth segment. Uh, we do about tw six 20-minute segments with the clips in between. So a couple quick things. Uh, Gavin Newsom, again, going to be the vote, is going to on September 14th. This is amazing. These politicians, they always say, oh, we can't get, we can't cut taxes. We can't cut DMV fees, like motor vehicle fees. We can't cut anything. We can't, we, we need every bit. We, we're short, we're short, we're short. We need this. We need, we need, we need, right? Until Gavin Newsom's going to get recalled, and now he's going to send everyone a check the week before the recall. Did you know that? So he signed into law. He's got an, a $100 billion budget deal on Monday, last Monday. So now uh, he's going to give away 
give back $12 billion to Golden, the Golden State stimulation plan, Stimulus Plan. This is not a stimulus plan, people. This is buying votes. That's all it is. Uh, and so it's all about we're going to get the check probably the same week or the week before the September 14th. And you're going to get uh, under the plan, California, California is making $75,000 a year or less will get $600. Families with children uh, will. It, so you get $600. Families with children will get another 500. So families with children will get 1100 altogether. Now, undocumented families, families that have broken through the border here illegally are also going to get $500 from Gavin Newsom. They're probably voting as well. Illegals. We call them illegal aliens. This is the second such stimulus uh, check to be divested in California following April, April $600 per person for 4 million low-income Californians making under 30000 So... This plan, this is amazing. This is all about recall. If he wasn't being recalled, he wouldn't give us a nickel. So let me check this. Uh, so the timing of the st- st- stimulus deposit to about two-thirds of the population of Californians has been questioned by many, largely due to the stimulus, coming in days before the recall. It's just, it's a payoff, people. It's, it's just a total ripoff payoff, and I'm fine getting tax money back. It's our money. It's not his money. They're going to waste the money anyway. I'm fine to get it back. I'll use it to help people in Vietnam. But that's what's going on. So I'm not going to spend any more time about that because they just have 17 minutes left, and I want to talk about voter integrity. So there's all been all that we've been talking about the two, the, our county clerks, uh, elections clerk, which is Terry Hansen in Yuba County and Donna Johnston in Sutter County. And I've said all along, I think the ladies are honest ladies, but I've wondered about all this talk about voter, uh, the voter fraud. I'm not saying they're doing voter fraud. I'm just saying that the issue of voter fraud. So there's a group called Fix California, and uh, it launched it has launched a statewide legal inspection of current county voter rolls. Now, listen to this. This is an article out of uh, Katie Grimes wrote the article. She's a great writer for the California Globe. So it said the November 3rd, 2020 election in California was marred by significant voting and registration irregularities. Some people, many people actually believe that that this state voted red for Trump. And for many more Republicans like Tamika Hamilton, who's running against John Garamendi, many people believe Tamika beat John Garamendi, but the, the vote was stolen. So uh, there's been an alarming report by the Election Integrity Project of California. So there's, this is called Fix California, but there's an ongoing project called the EIP or Election Integri- Integrity Project. Well, what kind of re- irregularities are there, Right. And Rick Grinnell, who worked for, he was ambassador to Germany, and he was also the national security advisor for President Trump. He's heading this Fix California team up. And uh, they're doing a legal survey analyzing the current status of voter rolls throughout the state. In other words, what does that mean? What that means is, are the, the numbers of voters legit, or are there people on there that shouldn't be there? So some California's counties have an astoundingly high number of ineligible registrants. In other words, when they look at the people's names and they checked them all out, they thought, 
hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got way more people registered to vote than there are people eligible to vote in the county. So here are the worst counties. Yuba and Sutter, where I am, the two counties, are not on here. But Sacramento County is leading the way. They have 36,737 people that shouldn't be on, more than should be on. Orange County, 92,014. San Diego County, 247,671 that more than should be listed. L.A., 1,138,910 that more on the rolls than, than they have eligible people living in the county. And even tiny Alpine County that you could probably count everybody in an afternoon, they have 920 eligible citizens and they have 85 ineligible registrants. In other words, they have people that are registered to vote that shouldn't be. So it, it says it's important to note that the California National Voter Registration Act manual says counties, listen to this, this is the responsibility of your county. Counties must maintain all records concerning the implementation of programs and activities conducted for the purpose of ensuring the accuracy and, and currency of official lists of eligible voters. In other words, that's the county's responsibility to monitor that. And so Grinnell uh, says that state and county election officials have abandoned their responsibility, not saying all of them, there's 58 counties and state, they've abandoned their responsibility to protect elections and ensure that the voices of California are heard. So when there's cheating, then your voice doesn't have as much pop, Right. He says, Fix California is committed to holding these officials accountable while establishing a better process uh, to protect everybody's vote. It doesn't matter what flavor you are, communist or whatever. So they've already contacted 26 of the largest counties in California and put them on notice that they, are pl- that they plan to inspect the records related to county voter list maintenance obligations. And it tells all the details of how they're going to do that. So uh, they're going to the three pillars of fixed California is number one, election integrity. Number two, voter registration. Number three, education reform. In other words, are people properly registered to vote? And, uh, so it says, uh, 26 County information requests. They sent out FOIA requests, freedom of information requests, uh, to Los Angeles County, San Diego, Riverside, Kern, Fresno, Ventura, Placer, Orange, and Sacramento. So Yuba Sutter is not listed here. And uh, so here's here's some of the things they found. This is interesting. They found 124,000 more votes counted in California's November. These were counted in the election, the Trump election. There were 124,000 more votes than we have voters. Now, how does that work? Most of the discrepancy was driven by 116,000 vote-by-mail ballots with no apparent voter identified in vote, vote cows voting histories. In other words, we got a fictitious person on here. We don't even know who this person is, and they voted, and they counted it. 124,000 of those. Then he found more than 7,700 voters have two. They voted twice. They, voted, they have two November 3, 2020 votes credited to their voting histories. Now, that's a problem. Then they found California has 1.8 million more registered voters than eligible citizens. Now, how can you be registered and not eligible? 
That's, it's goofed. Why did this overage rise 72% just in the last election? It, it went, there's always been a, a disparity or a gap, but it went up 72% in this last election. Remember, that's when Gavin Newsom said, we're ever going to, we're, everybody's going to vote by mail. So California's online and DMV registration system changed 33,000 foreign-born voters' birthplaces of record to California or the United States. Did you catch that? People that are foreigners can get licenses in California, driver's licenses, but that doesn't mean you deserve to vote. But the California registry system, the electronic system, changed the birthplace to the U.S. or California and 33,000 people now became voters that don't even belong in this country. Unbelievable. So just to give you some perspective, uh, in 2017, eight counties had registrations exceeding the number of eligible citizens, like 928,000. In 2019, eight again, and the number actually went down on, on uh, ineligible registrants, dropped about 14,000. Then you get up to 2020, and the number of counties with registrations exceeding eligible citizens went up to 11 from 8. And now we went over 1 million. We're almost at 1.1 million ineligible people that are registered to vote. That's, that's ridiculous. And 2021, uh, oh, shoot, my computer jumped hold on in 2021 23 counties had uh registration rolls and the number of registration people registered to vote exceeded the number of eligible citizens that could vote so the total ineligible registrants were 1.8 million people in those 23 counties just in the last election that's crazy So uh, that's, what, that's what's going on with Rick Grinnell. And I know there's some people locally in Yuba Sutter that are, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get at this. And I think Rick Grinnell's group, Fix California, and the Election Integrity Group are also working on it. Uh, they're working on how to, how to assure all people, whether they're left-wing, right-wing, middle-of-the-road, Green Party, whoever they are. Uh, but it's shocking that 1.8 million more of registered voters are listed. Now, here's here's the inter interesting thing, and I think I've said this before to you, but uh, I talked to the county uh, clerk about uh, uh, registration for voting, and, and I said, hey, 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 at one time, if you didn't vote consistently, they dropped you from the rolls, and you had to re-register. Like if you didn't vote in the last couple general election. She said, that's true, Lou. Uh, we would keep track and we would cull the record, just like when they would note, notice back in the day before technology, if they noticed somebody died in the paper, they'd look and see if they were on the registration rolls and they would scratch their name because they passed. Or if they noticed somebody moved. So now with technology, they know a lot more and faster. So, uh, so when I've talked to the local reg registers of voters or the clerk county clerk, they've said, hey, hey, we don't we think this is all just sour grapes with Trump. Right. 
and uh, they thought Dominion was good as gold. Well, we know that Dominion is corrupt. And the Chinese had access into these votes, and they, they didn't want Trump to win this election because Trump was holding their feet to the fire. So, but one of the things the legislature did in California that stopped calling, stopped the local record, uh, clerk recorders from calling the list is they said, hey, if a person doesn't, stops voting, you have no right to remove them from the list, no matter how, even if they haven't voted in 20 years, unless you can prove that they're dead or they moved, right? So, uh, so that has created, I think, this, this expanse of votes or voters that aren't legit, aren't legitimate anymore. So that's, that's an interesting thing that has happened. And there are, there is a group of people that are a part of the, the, um, freedomcoalition.net or freedomco.net that are taking this on to also assist in any way they can on helping figure out what's wrong with our voting systems. So, uh, and, and they may be ended up, the other thing that needs to happen is just not complaining all the time, but the challenge is to, uh, maybe donate your time to work at the polls, right? So we're not always, I don't think we're always going to vote by mail, but, but working the polls or working the county clerk's office at that time of year, they, they look for, uh, they look for, um, helpers. So I want to just mention a couple things, you know, uh, a lot of times when you read an article and it says there's a new fad or there's a new movement or people tend to are moving in into the state or out of the state or more and more people are doing this or doing that or people are working less or working more. Many times I wouldn't know anybody personally that fit into that category. But with people moving out of the state, almost every week now I hear friends of mine I've known for years are moving from this state. So uh, it's interesting. You know there's a lot of people moving when you know some, right? Uh, and I know a bunch that have already moved or or they've already plotted where they're moving to and they're preparing to make the move. So I think, uh, you know, somebody said the other day, 180, 170, 80,000 last year moved. They just picked up and moved out of the state because of the ridiculous way the state's being managed. Now I say the same thing about COVID. How many of you know of somebody who's taken the shot that had problems with the shot? Because people have miscarried. People have had aneurysms, uh, brain swelling, all kinds of things. Bell's palsy, which is a paralysis on one side of the face or another. It doesn't usually temporary loss, like, like a stroke type thing. So, uh, now I, I heard of a friend of a close friend of, of a bunch of ours, her, she has two grown daughters and they married, uh, she's a conservative lady. They married kind of liberal attorney types. And, uh, so they, they were dead set on getting this shot. Right. And it, it didn't kill him, but the attorney's not going to be practicing anymore. He's paralyzed. He's all goofed up. And so more and more I'm, I'm hearing through my, you know, your grapevine, your network, Oh, so-and-so's got a grandma. So-and-so's got a son. So-and-so's got a husband. So I saw in the news where one of the Romney family, 
the father and the son. The son was a six foot eight, six foot nine senior at a high school back in Utah, and he was healthy as a horse, competing on the basketball team. Took the shot and put him in the hospital with brain swelling. Dad's also in the hospital. So those are people I don't know them personally, but I I know of them, right? The Romney Romney family, Mitt Romney's extended family. So here, Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer and Super Bowl champion Ken Rutgers said his wife suffered a severe reaction to Moderna COVID vaccine. And when she, when she connected, tried to connect with other vaccine-injured people on Facebook, the private groups were shut down. Isn't it interesting that Facebook is no longer a free place to communicate about anything unless it's pro-government? Now, that's true in Vietnam. You can't say things on Facebook. The government will actually come and arrest you. So here, a woman is just trying to find people to understand what's going on in her life and, and compare notes, and they block the group. So uh, Rut- Rutgers, this, all, this Hall of Fame Rutgers, Ken Rutgers, said within 48 hours of being vaccinated, his wife Cheryl experienced swollen lymph nodes, and a numbness and tingling sensation that progressed from her face all the way down her legs. It's been six months now since she got the shot, and the sensations of tingling and numbness have grown progressively worse. Uh, Searching for answers, like a lot of people do about a lot of trouble, is Cheryl Rutgers connected with a group of doctors and nurses online on Facebook who shared similar concerns about COVID vaccines. In May, they wrote a letter. This is this is so amazing to me. This doctor, I want you to see how fraudulent and goofy this is. They wrote a letter to Dr. Janet Woodcock, acting commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, and Dr. Rochelle Walensky, a CDC uh director of CDC, uh, and they introduced themselves as an ever-growing group of Americans who previously were healthy but have but got sick as soon as they took the shot. I don't have time to read the letter. I've just got a 45 seconds. But if you want to, real, if you want to go online and look at some of their testimonies, it's a pages of testimonies, short testimonies, several paragraphs each. Go to C19, C19, the, the number C19, Vax, V-A-X, Reactions. Just Google that, and you'll get to read for yourself all these people that have will never be the same. They're not coming back. They're in wheelchairs. Um, they they can't walk anymore. They're sick all the time. Uh, they died. One, one 17-year-old just died. Boom. And uh, so you can read all about it. Okay, so we're we're done for today, and um, we're going to call it, and we will see you the next time. Thanks for listening. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show, and remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same.
Sweetheart to kiss. Sugar to kiss. Sugar to kiss. 